Thanks for checking out the Their Queer podcast. This episode will contain spoilers for the new Scream movie. To avoid spoilers, check out the chapters in the description of this episode. Now on with the show. You are listening to the Super Freak Media Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please be sure to show your support and follow us on our other social media platforms. Check out the links listed in the description of this episode to find out more. Thank you. My God, do you know that bit where he sucks the corn syrup his fingers? Good God. Do you know, I thought we'd get further on talking about Scream before you mentioned that, but... podcast episode five it's a scream baby i can't do a matthew lillard impression <laughs> i mean i tried it's, it's it's a scream baby <laughs> it's something i'm excited for this episode i think it's going to be a good one i think every gay and their dog has done an episode on scream this last month haven't they in the uh, yeah queer podcast quite, universe so. yeah quite rightly so i mean this <laughs> This film deserves every single ounce and bit of praise it does. Uh, Full spoiler alert for anyone listening. We will be discussing, obviously, what happens in Scream 96 in this, but we will be sharing our views on the 2022 Scream yeah, that's literally just come out, hasn't it? Yeah, we Um, saw it two nights ago. Yeah, I mean, what I'll do for for the listeners, if you haven't seen uh, Scream 2022, um, I'm going to probably pop some chapters in the description of this episode. So if you want to skip that and come back, maybe when you've had a chance to make up your own mind uh, and have a look, then uh, yeah, we won't spoil it for you. But yes, you have been warned. We are going to get into it. Mm -hmm. We're going to, we're going to, talk some shit <laughs> uh, during this episode I, I can't keep calling it screen 2022 so it will be called five cream this <laughs> five cream i think they definitely missed out on a bit of an opportunity there didn't they Especially. i know they had scree forum yeah scree forum i was gonna say after scree mm. forum you really needed five cream i think yeah. as well i noticed on the um you know the facebook banner when people share that they're going to see the film when they like tag mm-hmm. themselves um and check in it just comes up as cream cream which I just find <laughs> wonderful. Uh, I just keep seeing on my uh, timeline, people are just watching Cream. That's oh, wonderful. Fantastic. Great. Yeah. That's what we need. I thought we would just check in with one another, even though we did the unthinkable and saw each other in person for the <laughs> first time in ages the other day. It was literally, it must have been years since I've actually seen you in, in person, yeah. which was mental. It was lovely to see you, by the way. It was a lovely evening. Oh. We should do it more often. I was, um, not going to lie, I was a bit bit tipsy. (laughs) I feel a woozy air! Honestly, well, you you were obviously there. We went out for a drink afterwards to kind of... uh, talk about the the film and and all whatever and yeah that just turned into a full-blown night out for me i didn't get home until like (laughs) half three in the morning so incredible yeah it was it was it was great and we need to talk as well about how spooky that evening was scary night isn't it with the murders and all it's like right out of a horror movie or something 
oh, fog my days. fully descended on Nottingham here. Um, and it was probably the spookiest I've ever seen Nottingham uh-huh. City Centre look. Well, me walking back <laughs> to the train station under, <laughs> underneath a dimly lit bridge, um, I was just like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to die. This is how it yeah, <laughs> this is how it ends. It's fine. So I was trying to voice note my thoughts <laughs> on the film. So just in case you have to like posthumously, posthumously include, include my yeah. thoughts. Yeah, it'll be like a, a cameo from Randy and Scream Three, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, but yeah, so um, what have you what have you been up to this this last month? We'll pretend that we didn't catch up just for the, yeah, the purpose yeah. of the podcast. What have um, you been up to? So I, I always feel like I'm at oh work. I've been at but, work, yeah, literally. <laughs> work. But no, I had a lovely break from work. I had like two weeks off for the Christmas break, and mm-hmm. it was like the perfect time for me to recharge my batteries. Yeah, I've been reading a lot more, even though I've just had a little break because I realised that I've like not been keeping up with TV shows and stuff. So I've just had a little break. But no, I've been really getting into my reading and I've started to plot out and get my first initial thoughts down on a book that I'm planning to write. Okay, words. I'm planning to write a scary story for for gays. Yeah, gay rights. Um, (laughs) For anyone, That's the title, Scary Story for Gays. (laughs) Scary Stories to Tell in the Sauna. Uh, (laughs) It's um, yeah, but it's heavily, heavily inspired by Scream. Uh, yep. Funny enough, which happens to be one of, if not my favourite, scary movie. Yeah, I mean, we did start off the episode by asking what each of his favourite scary movie is, and I feel like I thought Ghost we were Space gonna, I thought we were gonna ease ourselves into it. I mean, let's not get carried away. We'll get get our uh, greetings and salutations out the way, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, how was how was your Christmas? Did you have a nice Christmas? Oh, it, it feels was incredible. You know, because we're we're recording this podcast a little bit later on in the month than we usually do, because we normally get together at like in the first week of each month, mm-hmm. don't we? Uh, yeah. So it's been a bit weird because this we're recording this like I don't know past the midpoint of January, so yeah. <laughs> we haven't actually spoken for a good a good while properly. But um, I think when I have spoken to you, it sounded like you had a lovely time at Christmas. Oh, the most I had like a really relaxed Christmas. Yeah, uh, I also had a birthday. <laughs> Um, and the birthday was really nice. Like, I'd, good because of like the threat of Omicron, I, I was just like, no, I'm not. I'm not wanting to go out and do anything. So instead, I had a really nice evening in watching yeah. clips of my favourite films on YouTube rather than watching the whole thing. And just the just, best bits. Yeah, yeah. Played some video games, had some nice food. Uh, yeah, okay. it was it was bloody lovely. So yeah, how was yours? Yeah, it was it was really nice. I mean, um, I think the the last episode I was pretty ill when we recorded. Yeah, and I think I said in the episode as well, like, yeah, it's definitely not COVID because I've been uh, testing. Um, spoke to my GP. Turns out it probably most likely was COVID. So oh, wow. that's that's great. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, I kind of I can't believe it's not COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of, I don't know, somehow I think just because I knew it was the week of Christmas, I just powered mm-hmm. through for those couple of days before. Um, but when I tell you, like, when Boxing Day came, um, I was just, yeah, I was out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was, I was out for, like, the rest of, of Christmas break. But, um, yeah, it was lovely. It was it was really nice to, yeah, have some time off, like you said. But um, also, I don't know, I always get excited at this time 
of the year because it's like a fresh start and there's yeah. plenty of things to be looking forward to like I'm excited for what projects and collaborations we've got kind of coming up this year um, so hopefully we'll be able to announce some stuff fairly soon and, mm-hmm. and actually start um, making stuff uh, again um, but yeah other than that it's just been I guess getting back into the swing of things Scream or Five Cream was something that I was definitely <laughs> kind, of, kind of willing myself into the new year for so yeah, it's. Uh, I think it was just a weird, weird kind of festive period, wasn't it? I think everyone's it was, was a lot more yeah. laid back just because mm-hmm. of, of of Omicron being the bitch she is. <laughs> well, last episode I said that I hadn't put my tree up yet. <laughs> uh, I still haven't put my tree down. No, <laughs> no way. You've Today done it all wrong. You've done it in reverse. Seventeenth January, and my tree is still up purely because. I think I'm just going to take it down at the end of the month because it's just like, it's really nice to walk into a room and I have something that's just lit up and sparkly. So (laughs) my thought was maybe I'll be really gay this year um, and just decorate my tree all year round and have like a month or like a seasonal tree like a seasonal tree <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah no it's, it's nice I suppose that uh, yeah we, we got to kind of do some nice things uh, over the, the holidays and to our listeners hope that you all had a lovely Christmas as well and a happy new year and thank you for sticking with the podcast we're getting some mm. uh, lovely bits of feedback every episode which is which is nice so good yeah, yeah. I, good. I mean I want to personally thank anyone who submitted in their real life horror stories of which we have a feature length one this episode I, I can't, can't wait, wait to get into it I, I kind of I, I kind of want to just get through Scream really fast just so we can get to that so. <laughs> well I um <laughs> I was in the bath when it was submitted and I like to read in the bath and when I tell you I was hooked I was like this deserves to be like adapted for screen it's incredible has this formed the basis of your new novel then is that what yeah yeah is completely that what changed is? directions yeah <laughs> amazing amazing um but yeah so I suppose let's let's get into it I mean we we got together over this last weekend opening weekend for um I'm, I'm gonna call it Scream 5 because I mean I, I, I just I I can't be asked with the, why they've called it Scream again it just doesn't it's, make it sense just seems to, to be such a thing at the moment to be like right yeah when we're making a, a requel oh <laughs> right, yeah the, well, when we're making a requel we're going to we're going to just call it by its original name and it's just hard when you're talking about it in conversation because then you have to be like yeah you have to say the year don't you it's like halloween it's like is it 78 or 2018 the new texas chainsaw massacre film is called the texas chainsaw massacre as well yeah i I just they're, they're all going down obviously a similar route and i kind of i get that it's been a decade since the the last film um but yeah i i i just to me what kind of stood out with the franchise is the fact that you did have these characters all the way through so it didn't Mm -hmm. make sense to me that we'd kind of disregard that continuation um and then not call it scream five because i know that it was wes craven's like kind of intention um unfortunately before he passed away to kind of have a secondary trilogy with five Mm -hmm. and six so i get that this is different and they've had to obviously do things differently because of his passing but yeah um i think that was probably the first qualm of many that i had uh, with this film so right i I suppose yeah getting into it we're going to be very honest and brutal with how let's get into it how we felt Um, when we uh watch this i 
I was fully on the hype train. Anybody who has followed me on social media knows that I was fully like, oh my God, this is it. This is going to be, this is going to feed me for years to come. Uh, (laughs) Because like the original Scream film is, um, it wasn't like the first horror film I watched or anything like that. In fact, I will say it was the first horror film to fucking petrify me. It scared me. And I'll get more into that later. But it was like the one that stuck with me forever. And it's the one that I always come back to. And it's my like comfort film and my feel good film. And it's got my fit, like some of my favorite characters, not just in like horror media, but in mm. just like film in general. Yeah. Um, so coming into Scream 5, I was like, right, the gang is back. The, the trailers, like the first trailer was very spooky. And yeah. the, it, the tone was there. And I was like, ooh, I didn't watch the final trailer because it was released a couple of days before mm-hmm. the film came out. And trailers have that habit at the moment of giving so much away. Definitely. Can kind of you Halloween kills who just <laughs> <laughs> showed us every kill. Absolutely everything, um, yeah. Going into it, we were both fully on board. I, I, I will say I am left wanting after that film i'm just okay we're getting full full into it i'm very happy for everyone out there who considers this film to be like the greatest sequel and the greatest Mm -hmm. um testament to wes craven's legacy and all this but i really wish i was on board with i really wish i was in the same camp as you all yeah Uh, it's not to say that i didn't enjoy the film there were some moments that were absolutely like blew me out of the water and those moments happen to be with the original cast yeah um, like so i'm gonna I mean, get into like one of the biggest bits of it for, for me i mean just touching upon what you've said there with the original cast i think that was like a massive a massive thing because i mean i can remember the day that west craven passed away and i can remember i was actually really uh-huh. really quite upset because Same. he is a hundred percent it's like i know for a fact obviously um I'm kind of trying to touch wood somewhere here. I know for a fact when uh, John Carpenter passes away, it's oh. just going to destroy me. Like it will. Many happy fully... returns for yesterday. Yes, Mr. happy Carpenter. birthday yesterday. <laughs> he shares a birthday with my mother, which is incredible. Incredible. So never forget Your his son. birthday yeah. because of because of mum. <laughs> but yeah, like it, it completely like destroyed me like he was such an inspiration as a filmmaker and I can remember at the time I'm sure it was quite like obviously a big thing Nev Campbell said like I don't think I'll ever return to Scream Mm -hmm. without Wes it like it really needs to be right all the kind of things need to fall into place and then I can remember when Scream uh, 5 was like announced like it, it initially it wasn't announced with the legacy cast returning and then slowly yeah. we kind of got that drip of oh okay David Arquette's coming back shit got quite serious for me like when then Courtney Cox was back and Nev oh. Campbell was, was back and it was like right well these guys must have got an absolutely killer script a killer idea everything must be great if they are kind of doing this without Wes Craven being involved Yeah. so I think immediately I had high expectations based on that then reviews were coming out uh, like horror sites were covering the film like in previews and everything was so unbelievably positive like to the point it reminded me a lot of Halloween 2018 like it was it was just like this is what the franchise needs this is for the fans Mm -hmm. and so however much of it I was kind of looking forward to it this was a unique kind of experience I think because I was going into it with the idea that if I was a fan of Scream, I was definitely definitely going to love this film yeah Um, and unfortunately that 
wasn't the case at all um, no. for, for me. And I'd probably say, obviously, you as well. Yeah, and I mean, the, the worst part of it is as well, well, not the... Yeah, I'd say the worst part of it is, is the film tries to make you feel bad for not liking the film as well it's mm. it's so meta to the point where it literally says like fans uh, if fans don't like things then you need to just accept mm-hmm. it i mean yeah okay I, I i'll hold my hands up and say you know i'll gladly accept it i haven't posted anything online slating it i'm not slating anything i think i get this as a pretty big thing like obviously we're going like in public on a podcast saying our opinion but ultimately that's kind of like the purpose of the show we discuss things and we and in in this case i think we were we were fairly united in the way that we felt about the film when we came out the comments we were making everything Uh, and i mean to give like kind of an overview of it i I would describe this film as ultimately a bit of a repetition like i mean kind of a lot of repetition of the first film which is why i think it works well to discuss this and then obviously discuss the original afterwards because there are so many elements that are repeated i mean the the third act takes place in Stu's home it's in and you have like the opening with the the ghostface killer on the line asking questions about scary movies like i mean it, it literally is retreading a lot of familiar territory yeah. but the problem is is what it does try to do that offers like new things it, it's it's just not done in a good way like at all and like you said about the meta side of things it became so clunky i mean scream is something that people talk about as being such a meta film and i get it i really do obviously that was the big unique selling point of the first scream film but it wasn't every other word and when the group got together you had this core group of friends when they got together they weren't talking about horror movies all the time they were talking about being teenagers they were talking about Mm -hmm. like things that were important to the characters this it was like how many different films can we show in it was it i did feel like i did feel like every line of dialogue Mm-hmm. just they had to include a reference to oh. a film and even there was some really like on the nose stuff like the character Wes like I, I mm. get it I get it you really want to do you want to do like a nice like little ah, Wes Wes Craven yeah. but then there's a character whose surname is Carpenter yeah for John Car- and then it just goes on I mean that's not to say the original screen film wasn't meta to the point where they had the director of the movie dressed <laughs> yeah. as a janitor called Fred in the Freddy like <laughs> yeah okay. yeah but that was it wasn't that every scene that was one little mm-hmm. scene where you could be like oh you stupid bastards that's yeah that's funny yeah it, it was it was like a nod and a wink being like right let's see let's see what we can reference here oh let's yeah. talk about um let's talk about the babadook about 10 times if we're, if we're starting off we're talking about that opening scene obviously the opening scenes are, are something that the screen movies are renowned for i mean just um, and there's not been even even with the weird cotton weary <laughs> thing yeah I, I, there's every opening kill has had me like absolutely on edge absolutely. i remember the first time I saw the opening kills from Scream 1. I hate saying Scream 1, but yeah, Scream 1 and yeah. Scream 2. Good God. I was like, I mean, yeah. shit, you know? And I think- even now, even now, I will watch those and think, this is f***ing incredible. Like, the, yeah. the tension that is there 
It, well, it's, it's perfection. Um, those those opening scenes, I think, are why we talk about opening scenes in horror movies because uh-huh. I think they really cemented it as like you had to have like this big opening. There had to be like this this massive bit of action for then you to slow things down and then get all the exposition to lead and, up to the final act. And there were some good moments in that opening scene, and I really liked when she was like, "I'm not answering the landline." Who the answers the landline i thought okay that's a good way of modernizing yeah the main thing that you saw was the fact that there were things being utilized like mobile phones apps all of these things uh smart Uh locks smart houses yeah i mean that is the way i think even i personally would have taken it if if i was Mm -hmm. like doing a screen film nowadays and i mean you can see it in like the likes of screen four where they were kind of the technology obviously wasn't where it is today but they were still Uh kind of going the roots of like twitter and apps and yeah yeah and stuff but i um but yeah, there were some moments I really liked, like the 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 thing with the door, where mm-hmm. where the door was locking and he was unlocking it. Doors unlocked. All doors locked. Doors unlocked. That was that was pretty i thought oh god this is actually like i'd be shitting i would be shitting yeah a hundred percent um and i thought it was good but there was like again during the opening scene there was two i liked that they were referencing the stab movies that was mm-hmm. really i really liked this little in-universe yeah series but to me it was the bits where it's like oh we're really gonna try and replicate that Drew Barrymore openings. Uh, let's have a play with some knives. Just don't, yeah, like that. Just, you know when she did that when she lifted out the knife from the knife block and then said yeah. the Babadook. I, I already, I think I had a bit of a hump with the film because of that. <laughs> so I was like, it made sense in the original, but like you could just see them. It wasn't even like it was being done. I didn't think in like even a loving way. It was kind of just. It was like let's just see how many references we can we can get in yeah. there, and that's where I don't know. It, it leaves a bad taste I, in in my mouth. I think one thing I did enjoy about the opening scene as well was it was brutal. Like mm-hmm. those, the, uh, we physically reacted to those moments. Like the yeah. knife through the hand was. <laughs> Yeah, him stamping on her ankle, the knife through the hand. And I mean, I will say this whole, throughout the whole film, I think probably one of my most positive things about it was the fact that, yeah, the violence and the kills were especially brutal. Yeah, they were. Like, it wasn't just a single stab. Like, I mean, if you think about the opening of of Scream, for example, she kind of gets like the one in the the top of the chest and then you don't really see much after that it's alluded to or you hear the stab but you don't see it whereas in this one it was literally like stab 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 and i mean i I guess that's obviously if you want to kill someone that's how how you do it i Mm -hmm. think the well or or not yeah (laughs) and i think this is where if i'm being honest i think this is kind of this is where where i started to yeah lose interest when it's it's fine it's revealed that um the opening kill well, what should have been the opening kill wasn't, in fact, a uh, an opening kill. The the person survived. Nope. Uh, Tara. Um, Tara, uh, thank yeah. you, yeah. Uh, uh, played by Jenny Ortega, who yeah. I keep calling her Kenny Ortega, and I'm like, wait, that's Xanadu. Xanadu! <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, um, who I've literally, because I've not watched the... I've literally the day or t- i think it was the day before i went uh, we went to watch this mm-hmm. i watched the sequel to the babysitter yeah. film i watched killer queen, killer queen. 
and I really liked her in that. I I was very hit and miss with her performance in this. It ultimately, now I've slept on it, I, I did enjoy her performance. I think she was... I think she... Because obviously, you've got Tara played by Jenna Ortega, and then you've got Sam Carpenter uh. Uh, played by Melissa Barrera. And they're, essentially, they're two sisters. And then, of course, as the film transpires, we find out that Ghostface Really is, early on, it, that, as well. That yeah. We find out that she's... Um, the, the daughter of Billy Loomis. Well, yeah, there's a big reveal there with Billy Loomis, but we find ultimately that the Ghostface uh, killer is is out to basically kill anyone related to the original killings um, mm. of of the Scream film or Stab movies, obviously as they're referenced in in Scream Five. Um, <laughs> the the problem is, and I mean, obviously, I was already turned off by that opening because I had a very big suspicion that she was going to survive, but also I think I was a bit annoyed. Because essentially the trailer is that opening scene condensed. Yeah. So I mean, there wasn't anything. It's like as soon as I saw her go by, like kind of that dark doorway, I knew Ghostface was going to come out of that doorway Mm -hmm. because I'd seen it in the trailer and I knew that she got stabbed at the door and and things like that. And I mean, it it just kind of took it out for me because I don't think any other screen movie has spoiled their opening. And it just didn't make sense to me at all. And I get that it was. I, I I do respect the decision to try and do something different than obviously kill someone in the opening, but for me that that was a big a big big no no. Uh, they shouldn't have done that. So mm. we cut forward to Sam now coming back to to town to Woodsboro. Can um, I can I just before we carry on? Yeah. Can I just say I just I didn't enjoy Sam at all. Like no, I, she's. Fair play to the actress for. Uh, I'm so sorry. I, I usually I make um, I make a note of uh, Melissa Barrera. Is, is Thank you. Uh, so I realised it was bugging me for ages where I'd seen her before and realised she was in the from in the heights. Um, I didn't enjoy her acting in that. It was just. It was so didn't wooden. Enjoy her acting in this. It was one. It was really one note. There it was wasn't awful. Any, it was doe-eyed. Everything. I was looking at her eyes throughout the most of it. She has beautiful. What a! Mm. I will say this: she is stunning. And yeah. That's not. And that's not just to say she's just. <laughs> she's just nice. She's real pretty, but yeah. yeah. But honestly, like, I, she didn't have the chops to be the final girl for me. Yeah. I mean, the problem was is that you. She was obviously penned to be the the Sydney of this film uh, because uh, essentially it was her and her sister's story. I think they're very much yeah. obviously at the centre of it. Uh, and of course, obviously, yeah, you've got this big reveal of Billy Loomis being her father. But the way that we kind of find out that there's a tenuous connection between them is uh, initially is the fact that um, he appears again de-aged. Yeah, as like a uh, ghost uh, in like reflections. So they clearly didn't watch Scream 3 and everyone being yeah. like, what the fuck is Maureen Prescott doing <laughs> at this window? Yeah. And then thought, oh, everybody really loved seeing Ghost Maureen Prescott. Why not bring like... Oh, the the one thing about Scream do- that works is the lack of kind of, I think, supernatural, paranormal, anything. It's the fact yeah. it is, it's a maniac, it's it's um, it's brutal, it's a hum- it's and a it's human a human story. that yeah. snapped. Yeah. And oh, yeah, just to days. kind of... It, Take it, it was in that direction. so on, weird. Like I really hated the the flashes of Billy. That's not to say I didn't enjoy seeing Skeet Ulrich back on my screen because that man is sexy as. <laughs> f- more and I mean, yeah, he later. was he was good. I'd still say like playing Billy. I mean, that must have been so much fun for him to mm-hmm. kind of come back and 
inhabit that space again as an actor but it was just like everything with this film it was just done so badly like it was so clunky that threw me out when we first saw him Mm -hmm. i was like oh i mean it was you didn't have a good reaction at all i think i can remember hearing you just go no i was like i just remember sighing and just yeah and reading a lot of people's thoughts online people loved those moments and they were like oh they yeah it, it, she has to take these pills so she doesn't see him that went nowhere no that, have you yeah. noticed that that one i thought that was gonna be, i thought she was gonna be the killer and i mean i think to, it was a red herring wasn't it it was to kind yeah, of say well she's was, unstable it was a red herring that like they just i don't know it just it to me it it was too i found the fact that it was revealed she was Billy's daughter really early on. Really early. I found that, like, mm. a little bit crazy. I thought if that was a reveal that was slowly fed to us throughout this thing, rather yep. than having him... I think they just wanted to put him in as much as possible. That's why they did I think it that's it. Up. You know, if you'd, like, have subtly seen him, like, I don't know, like, walking by or something, she kind of caught a glimpse of him, like, in the bloody tarp, or... If that's the route that they wanted to take, I think they could or have done it say so she was walking better. down, like she was looking across the road and there was somebody in like a white top and jeans and from Mm -hmm. from the back and you can see like the the nice little curtains and the nice peachy ass and stuff and she's like oh wait oh oh, wait no that's not checking out her own dad excuse me daddy Uh, yeah i think there's two characters in this film the twins who i feel are the apart from the original cast returning um, are to me the the standouts of the of the mm-hmm. new cast. They are the They're niece the and twins, nephew aren't they? of uh, Randy. Yeah, so you've got Chad Meeks and Mindy Meeks, sexy Mason Gooding, who's in Love Victor, and mm-hmm. Jasmine Savoy Brown, who's currently well just been killing it on Yellow Jackets as well. Absolutely, so, it's so incredible. We, and we'll talk about that later as well because, <laughs> but um. Yeah, they were the stars of this film, and yeah, to to me, purely because they they felt like the most in universe scream characters to me. When I watch a scream <laughs> film, it's like they're the most believable. You've got this like beautiful little himbo, <laughs> and yeah, and then we've got like the stoner queer person who's like that oh, th- th- that moment where it's like really tongue-in-cheek where she's watching <laughs> when she's watching the stab film of, of some, what we've seen in scream of him watching that yeah bit i enjoyed and i was like oh you you funny but little bastards uh Absolutely. doesn't make up for the rest of the film but yeah um I, I know what you mean i mean obviously with all of these films you kind of are reintroduced to kind of this group aren't you i mean you had uh, sydney in college um in the second film it, it was kind of the cast of the movie in the third and then we kind mm-hmm. of go back to high school again in scream four so i i kind of got that we were going to get that dynamic and i think of course it was alluded to in all of the marketing but i just i don't know there was just something about it like i didn't really feel like these people would have been friends at school no, like, there was no um, chemistry especially so the um tara the younger mm. one to me felt so much younger than the the group of friends yeah. she was with i read her and like i read her read that bitch watched her as being so much younger than everyone else i thought oh i can't i couldn't see these people hanging out yeah at all and i think the, the problem one- was is that she obviously wasn't there because her story takes her into the hospital where obviously naturally she's recovering from the opening scene and then we're kind of left with uh her sister sam kind of yeah substituting for her in this friend group where naturally she's older she's not really she's she doesn't know these people and i guess that obviously yeah that throws up the 
the kind of the questions as to it's obviously one of this group who's doing what's what's going on but i mean for me it was very obvious who the killer slash killers oh, my was days. pretty much was, from the outset from the get-go yeah. yeah i mean the the one thing that this franchise has always had going for it and sometimes mm-hmm. it has been a miss i've never been able to guess who did it like even i'm thinking back to when i first watched scream the original mm-hmm. film i it, like it was really clever when they did the red herring of oh oh it's it can't be Billy because he's been proven yeah. innocent. And I was like, oh, yeah, it can't be him. And then up until the reveal, I was like, oh, shit. And then the second film, I mean... I, I think I, Mickey was nobody... a lot more obvious than Debbie Salt. And I mean, Debbie yeah. Salt is oh, just Debbie Queen. Salt, my icon, my queen, my everything. <laughs> yes, Queen! Um, was that a negative film... or disparaging remark about my son? <laughs> about my Billy? <laughs> incredible. Now, if she'd have been in flashbacks, I wouldn't have minded. And then in the third film, that's when it got a bit weird, when it was like, oh, half-brother. And obviously never saw that coming because I don't think even the script writers did. No. Uh, <laughs> No, well, naturally, that's where Kevin Williamson exited writing, wasn't it? And I mean, in this one as well, Kevin Williamson also not involved in writing. And you can tell. You can tell. The shade, the shade of it all. Definitely. Scream 3 and this are the weakest out of the franchise, for sure. With Scream 4, the the reveal there floored me. And I was, I was, I remember being in the cinema and I, I feel like my jaw was literally yeah. scraping my knees or something. It was incredible. Yeah. And it was really, really well done. Really the well done. motive was incredible. And just, oh, I mean, I will say with every every Scream film as well, the motive has been the driving force. And it, mm-hmm. even though, yeah, the, f- the first one is like, oh, that's a bit, it's a bit weird, but okay, it makes sense. And then the second one, you're like, oh, of course you want to f- yeah. murder Sydney. The third one, you get why with the whole the horrible uh, we'll get into this on a screen three episode. <laughs> yeah. Horrible Weinstein of it all. Um <laughs> and the fourth one was so fing clever. I I still think about the reveal in the fourth film and the motive behind it, thinking light years ahead of its time. Completely believable. Completely yeah. and this I mean, especially one, in this day and I, age. This one, I'm still confused as technically what the motive was what they they were annoyed because there was a reboot or uh, well i mean i think i think this was it i think they tried to obviously tread the path of the original films in a similar way to making it you know obviously it was it was seemingly obvious that the killer was going to be uh billy in the first film but then obviously they throw so through so many things your way that even to the point where he apparently obviously looks like he dies that you're like oh it can't be him but this one Mm -hmm. just seemed to kind of use humor almost to deflect from the fact that it was like let's make the killer the comedy guy and then the other killer someone who we hardly see so that's where the reveal is and i mean it's just not they make it like (laughs) they make it really obvious in a scene when do you know like when they're in the hospital and the killer pushes his head against the elevator and slices his arm mm. and it's like oh we've seen that happen um so uh, why would the killer not kill him that's well, so obviously gonna i be think him. obviously we're very much into spoiler territory so yeah. you ha- if you haven't yeah. switched off already i'm gonna just warn you once more 
ultimately the, the the film kind of we can discuss this because this is where the film's going it's revealed that uh amber uh one of tara's friends is is uh, a killer and then richie who is played by jack quaid who's sam carpenter's boyfriend they've returned to town yeah. together he's the other killer and i mean it, it to the point that i mean it's just it's just so ridiculously obvious like when he says that he's, yeah. he doesn't like really watch horror films he, he isn't a he's fan never he doesn't know stab films and yeah. and you're just like I don't know it was just it was very very clunky um, mm. but I mean this is of course then where I think it's what everyone was waiting for this is where the legacy cast are reintroduced um, as oh. Sam goes to find Dewey because he is of course one of the resident experts on killing I Woodsboro. will say Dewey in this film has not only the sexist he's ever been, um, <laughs> but uh, have you seen that photo of David Arquette Topos holding the ghost face mask? Ah, no! I have indeed. He, oh, oh my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, but oh, during this film was just like the culmination of everything I've ever loved about him mm-hmm. and even more. Like, they, his performance in this, like, was like the best he's ever been like mm. he he played this with such nuance mm. and he still retained all that like beautiful boyish naive charm but also yeah. a lived-in feel and oh, the, the cutest moments for me the the best moments for me were between the legacy cast you have him typing out a message to gail because mm. they're divorced and it's been like don't come back to town and then he's like, I hope you're okay. I hope you're well. Yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah, he's cute. like, Ghostface is back. Hope you're well. It's, uh, oh. I mean, yeah, that's it. And I mean, I think they did well because he throughout the franchise has kind of always been that source of kind of comedy and it was it was refreshing to see because I mean for me I never really understood how none of these characters we saw them in kind of like a state of absolute despair because the amount of stuff Uh they've gone through and I think they obviously very much went like 2018 Laurie Strode with Dewey in terms of like he turned to alcohol he was struggling with his health is it like there was a lot going on but I mean it worked for the character and I think yeah by all means this was his film when Dewey's theme was played mm. I did get goosebumps Yeah, it was so lovely and just like you'd seen how far this character had come and but also like none of them had lost what, what they were, there was more to them in this film but none of them had retained that core and Dewey has always been the heart of these films and every every single one he's been in he's been the heart of everything he's been like the the glue that keeps everything yeah. together for me he really yeah. has i really like seeing tatum's ashes i'll say that that was a nice little, yeah little I, I noticed that and then i was kind of i don't know if i was like annoyed <laughs> or i thought it was it was funny but I oh was no like, I, she deserves better than being in some trailer somewhere but speaking of deserves better than being in a little easter egg yeah. was we find out that Kirby survived Scream 4 mm-hmm. and was like a little Easter egg on a YouTube Well, there's video. actually, there's there's two in that, oh, in that scene. So there's, there's when, when obviously we've got um, the person who's very obviously not the killer, but is the killer, uh, Richie, he's doing research on the stab movies kind of um, as they're also then talking to kind of Dewey and trying to see how they can survive this ordeal. Yeah, you see on YouTube, which was it was nice to see like a real life ca- um, cameo from uh, Dead Meat, uh, James and Chelsea, my James angels. and Chelsea. Oh, yeah, I, I mean the, the, so those much. sorts of things where it got meta. I oh, I liked it was gorgeous. Yeah, but also 
also very disappointed that this is where we got the chrome faced scream mask and the flamethrower. Yeah. Like that was a big <laughs> part of the trailer, and I was like, someone needs to get toasted. When you see it on the YouTube screen, there's a thumbnail which says an interview with Woodsboro survivor Kirby, and yeah. then at the bottom it oh, says, it the "Does Stu? Uh, yeah, did he survive?" I think obviously, yeah, they're leaving it open, aren't they, as to whether or not because. In actual fact, Kevin Williamson's initial treatment for Scream 3 had Stu returning yeah, as the yeah. killer. So it was kind of canon that in that initial trilogy that he wasn't dead. Yeah. Um, and I think Kirby and Stu are obviously the two characters that stick out to me. I mean, there could be more that have off-screen deaths or deaths where you, you don't yeah. know what what's happened to them. Again, neither return in this. Uh, that That's all we get. So... To me, that yeah, was immediately. I was, I was, yeah, I was really, I was really disappointed, and maybe they couldn't get like Hayden Pantan. I always forget Hayden Pantan. <laughs> Thank you. I, do you know, I had the biggest crush on her through through school. You know, when Heroes was out. Oh just... yeah. See, I didn't have a crush on her because gay, um, but like, <laughs> like I, I, she was always my favorite. Her and Ali Lata in yes. um, Heroes were my favorite, and that's because I'm like. I like a strong female character. A strong, powerful, um, independent women, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, but no, um, I mean, she was she was the best thing for me, probably about Scream Four. Like in terms of character, I loved her character so much. And yeah, I I don't know. It was almost you know how there's been the hype about Spider Man, um, and obviously the Spider Man returning and all of that. Yeah, uh, I can neither confirm nor deny if that happens, but. Um, it's I don't know it, it, it to me I expected I expected so it. what I was expecting was because I heard like a rumor saying oh there's, there's a, there is a Kirby appearance I was expecting her to be the opening kill because the opening yes. kill we don't normally see much of uh, mm -hmm. and sometimes it's not even like like with the opening kills of Scream 4 and I know it's a bit it, it gets there's many opening kills in Screen 4, but like yeah. they weren't on the poster and it was like a nice little thing. I was really hoping it would be something like that. So again, I was, I was like, yeah, the opening, the opening chase it, scene, I suppose we can call it now. Um, it was, but, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a shame because I, I think, I don't know, I, when I've kind of done some research, I don't know if she's currently retired from acting at the moment. And I don't know if it was obviously a case that physically it just wasn't possible because she didn't want to do it. Yeah. Or, and I completely get that. I think there was definitely potential. And I think, yeah, that would have really, really worked because oh, who yeah. better to have in like a horror movie quiz kind of conversation opening scene than the person who absolutely slayed it in the last film? Yeah. Like it just, oh. it just makes absolute sense. Other than that as well, I, uh, I mean, obviously we can get onto it when we maybe talk about the finale a little bit. I thought there was potential for either of the, the two characters, Stu or Kirby, to come back um, at the end. But again, yeah, we, we, I mean, didn't, we didn't get the that. One th the, thing that. The thing that I was annoyed about with the reveal as well was... I feel like if it if it was I wouldn't have minded if it was played out in a in a very different way because obviously this is like a a, a thirty year old man mm -hmm. and a very a young girl. girl and if it had been yeah capitalize on that was, that's where the horror if, is if it had been yeah. the real horror is she's been brainwashed groomed. by this but yeah groomed, now 100%. that would have been terrifying and that's and, such a current like fear yeah. of a lot of people and it, she, it, it would have given to me it would have given her character a lot more agency than ha 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 i'm just a psycho yeah. i'm just the crazy girl yeah it was oh god it was so disappointing like before we kind of get to the conclusion though i don't think we, we we've obviously got to talk about the big kind of thing in the middle is of course this is a film in which we lose 
do we? Oh, um, and yeah, that was that was heartbreaking, and and, and the build up to it like was brilliant. Like the build up was great, apart from it, it when Dewey said, "I've got to go back and I've got to make sure you the shot ahead." You knew it was going to happen, but at the same time, it was kind of like it was believable to me. Mm. I was like, "Yeah, Dewey would go back to double tap because he's just been." He doesn't want to get stabbed again. <laughs> um, and yeah, but this is the thing. I don't know why he wouldn't have maybe done that anyway, seeing as this is his fifth yeah. time. <laughs> but for him to have gone back alone was a bit yeah. crazy. But yeah, I did. And also, I, was, I don't know, the, the reason he gets stabbed and gutted is because he checks his phone and it was just, yeah. It yeah, was that just stupid. Me. Like, um, he's better than that, absolutely. But I, I will... I, I, saying all that i was still very emotionally moved by mm. by that but what moved me more was gail's reaction oh my god yes. gail's reaction to to dewey dying is just oh my god like i'm getting a little bit emotional thinking about it yeah. like there's there's no question in the world that like gail weathers is my favorite final girl horror movie character everything um yeah life model um i, I want to <laughs> she's my guru she's my everything but courtney cox in this film was like you can, it I sounds think... horrible but you can really feel mm. that and i don't want to say talent because i think talents are horrible <sighs> you could feel the talent don't, don't not, be afraid it, to no, say it, it. It's, it's not the talent because these these the are experience experience yeah yeah but Oh, the way that she played it as well, and it, well, it was it was the fact oh. that literally you'd cut from like a scene where you've got like these teens talking about stuff, and then you'd cut to obviously her and Dewey having a moment before. Unfortunately, obviously oh. he gets the the knife, and it. I think that for me was where it was. It just became incredibly noticeable that like these actors, these newcomers, were just not on par with obviously the legacy cast. And the problem is, I know obviously people will jump to their defence and be like, "Well, for some of these people, it's like their first film or whatever." Yeah. It isn't for all of them. Obviously, we've listed some of the other shows, films that people have been in, but also when you think about Scream, the original Scream film, like the cast was. It was phenomenal, and the stars that it produced, that it was just uh-huh. a pool of, of, like, raw talent. And, I mean, even in Scream 4, like, I thought the teens were yeah. great. Like, they yeah, were all absolutely. good. But this, it was just horrendously, horrendously bad. And I think for this to be the film that, unfortunately, we lose Dewey was just unforgivable. And I think, I mean, the reason why I love, like... The, the thing that draws me back to the screen films is not just because I, I think they're incredible mm. and like it, it is that core cast of characters as well and I'm, I hate this whole thing of passing the torch but I just yeah I, it, it to me it it didn't do what Halloween did mm. whereas the Halloween requel not only was I there completely in love with Laurie but mm. I had two other yeah, you had you Karen and Alison, the, and the generation. Allison, yeah, Allison. Kiss me, I'm Alison. And I was like floored by her. My, I was rooting for her. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. I really wanted to root for uh, for Sam in this. I wanted to. I really wanted to. And I, I just couldn't. Couldn't, um, no. I think, if anything, like, I think we were both kind of almost willing her to get the chop. To die. I wanted her to die. So <laughs> just so, so fact, it wouldn't happen. I, was, I said it several times. But, like, um, just kill her, please. Uh, <laughs> but no, but... But it, it, this film was a, a triumphant return for Neve Campbell and for Courtney Cox as well. Yeah. Like, 
their their chemistry in this if you compare it to where they were 25 years ago like these, yeah like it was like, nice to see that they were pretty they were like they were friends now because obviously yeah. they've been united by so much and i think the rivalry yeah was fun obviously for the first couple of films but naturally well that's what i really alliance, love about scream 4 scream 4 there's that moment when they're first reunited mm-hmm. and even though gail's really jealous of sydney they're like we've yeah. been through some shit let's just hug it out and they do yeah. it's a really nice just a really nice chemistry and them two to me just like the final act i really wish it was just them two and how like oh it was it that that was my favorite part when they were just like it was it was focusing on them i mean because yeah overall they were incredibly underutilized weren't they those two and i mean obviously we we are talking towards the end of the second act we kind of get gail coming in and i mean we've learned earlier on that uh, sydney is now married um to i think we can maybe assume Kincaid from Scream 3, the uh, Good police for officer. Her. Um, so Good she's for with her. Patrick Dempsey. She's got two she's babies. She's with McDreamy. She's, and I'm she's so living the dream with her. McDreamy. Um, oh. And obviously, I think. I think at one point she actually does turn around when Dewey's like, oh, are you going to come back? And she's like, F- no, I'm not coming no. back. And I get that. I, I get that. And I think that was that was good. Well, yeah, that's when when I saw that scene, I'm like, well, she does come back. We know she comes back. So how the f*** did they get her back? And I think the only logical way of yeah. getting her back was going to be Dewey Dyan, unfortunately. Yeah. And her being there for, for Gail, yeah. obviously. But, and so, then finishing it. Yeah, I, I get what they were trying to do, and they were trying to get, create a new, a new scream around a new set of characters and having this torch passed on. But I, in my, what I did when I got home that night, apart from watching about ten episodes of Deadly Women, um, <laughs> was um, I was like, how would I have done? Like, how would I have done this film? Not that I'm qualified to have done anything different. Um, but to me, it would have been, obviously, it just would have centred around Sydney. But what it would have been is slightly deviating. The fact is, it's Sydney's children who are in danger and, like, they've been kidnapped or something mm-hmm. like that. And all these killings are happening around her. And it was all about <laughs> all about Sydney again. And that's what that's what I wanted because yeah. I'm, I, I think Sydney has been... It's been a character, even though, like when we see her she's in a place where she's like oh it's all behind her but these film these films have a formula that i know that this one was trying to like stray away from but i think it's to its detriment that it strayed too far yeah i mean i think we all kind of knew going into this one we were going to lose one of them and i think it was either yeah obviously are they going to have the balls to kill maybe sydney in the opening scene uh because yeah that would have been bloody bold. i think i might have had more respect for the film had yeah done i know what yeah i completely get what you mean but then other than that i think yeah everyone was kind of feeling well maybe it's going to be dewey because no one wants to get rid of gail and sydney so oh, if it had been gail I I think <laughs> literally it would there would have been riots in the street I think if they'd have uh, got rid of Gail but the, the the thing the thing for me is obviously yeah ultimately so then we kind of go back to then a rehash really of the first film we've got kind of got the the party going on at the um at Stu's at house. Stu makers at old house and I mean I, I I will say I did like the little homage to the the fridge in the basement and and things yeah, like that because I felt like that was done in a way that was familiar but it wasn't too on the nose like even though like 
Mindy was kind of set up to be the new Randy. Mm. She wasn't just a rehash of, of yeah. an old character. And she had the most... I don't know, there was... And it's not just because I like the actress or because it was a queer character, but it just happens to be a yeah. queer character I was in love with. I just love that she was, to me, felt the most believable of all the teen cast. Yeah. To me, she was the one who was like, I don't trust any of you. Yeah. You could all be it. I'm just going to live my best I'm just going to be me. I just want to be me. Uh, I'm just going to be me. But also, she was the one who was like, I don't know, she was just so... She was the sensible one. She was kind of the one who was like saying, like, this is this is stupid (laughs) and but if you're gonna make a meta commentary on how people react to horror films Mm -hmm. they would have all been more mindy to me yeah yeah. it was lovely to see martha come back uh, oh my god i mean she's she's just so cute anyway and uh, i mean again it was like you know when that happened you just felt kind of like warm and you were in the familiar side of things again and it was because i had no idea that was going to happen like that's not Mm. a piece of casting i saw anywhere and i kind of suspected when i found out that they were obviously going to be related to randy in some way Mm. i was thinking well the only way they could like we know he has a sister so they've maybe a like nephew and niece or, or whatever so i kind of expected that one and it was nice that that oh happened. it was but so lovely to there see needed to be more of that like do you know what yeah, i mean it was just dead. uh it, I, I don't know it, it, was, it oh, was just a shame so, but yeah but yeah. this is um out of all the screen films it, this has the weakest third act to me it felt really rushed um yeah and it, it i was a third act of, of a screen film shouldn't bore me and I was a little bit bored, apart from one moment, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, mm. But, like, there's obviously the reveal that it's, oh, it's your boyfriend and the friend, which is like, yeah, okay. But then um, there's a bit where I, I genuinely thought they'd killed Sydney off at one point. And I thought, oh, well, they just, I thought they were just going to have it as just being like, well, f- you we're just gonna i mean can you imagine if like i don't know it was yeah she falls down the stairs and then that's how she's dead yeah she survived everything else but it's yeah. not even and I was like, oh, you <laughs> but no there's like we get like the killer's monologue which mm-hmm. has always been fantastic always been great but the final showdown has always been the thing that got me and i really love like you've got like it's kind of set up one way and and then it isn't whereas this yeah was obviously glaringly obvious from the outset oh, and the motive was piss poor there was but then, uh, uh, the motive was, oh, piss was poor, but dreadful when they, but when they got into uh, fans have ruined this and then they start talking about the fan reaction to star wars which yes i agree with i agree like <coughs> the fan reaction to, to star wars was was ridiculous and but like they've literally have copied star wars in so many ways in terms of killing, killing an iconic legacy. character yeah uh, do you know what i mean like i know that that's how yeah. meta they were getting with it but i was like but it was it i clicked. feel like this this movie might as well have just broke the fourth wall entirely looked directly into the audience and saying you can't negatively critique this film because of what we're saying right now yeah, saying that the um, tox the the, fan, the fans or the fandom is toxic when they don't like where the franchise is going is is a major problem because, like that's the that's the point of it. It's like you, you've you've got to I don't know. I think the horror community is a great great community, um, but mm-hmm. we'll call shit out if it's not 
if it's not and right. We, and as a community, we've had to put up with some shit. I mean, yeah. we all we all looked at what happened with Scream Three, and we're like, okay, you you're a mess, but you're yeah. our mess, and we still love you so much. Yeah, and I feel like this wasn't the film franchise that was going to have to tackle that because we we still love Scream Three for all its faults, and like mm-hmm. for it to say like oh, the fans are toxic when they don't like things going in a different direction than to how they want it and they should put trust in it. And just how on the nose that was, they literally might as well have been slapping me on the face Mm -hmm. in person, telling me, oh, you love this film. It's the best sequel. Yeah. No. And everyone's saying that Wes Craven would have loved this film. And I mean... Oh, yeah, that, that was touchy for me because I just personally found it a, a massive insult to, to him. Like, I just... I, I don't. It didn't have the nuance that he'd have in terms of having no. these references um, and it didn't have if the you think Because what this film tried to do was, to me, was to do Wes Craven's new nightmare, but in the Scream setting. Go and watch Wes Craven's new nightmare. It's yeah. tons now, better than this that, film. <laughs> Now, if you want to talk about meta, that film is a work of f***ing art. But again, it handles it perfectly in a way that it's not every other bloody word. They're not saying, oh, the Babadook, Hereditary, and and, and all of this. Oh, this is elevated horror. There was nothing elevated about this film. I thought it was absolute shite. And in in all honesty, it made me quite angry. It it did with me. And one thing that we spoke about afterwards was what I hated the most was not just the predictability of who the people were, Mm -hmm. of who the killers were, but also... I could time my watch to it and say, oh, there's going to be a funny quip coming in three, two, oh, there we go. Yeah. I said it. And it was like, <laughs> that, that's been the great film. The thing about the films previously as well is the dialogue. Yes, it was, it, it's funny and referential, but it was, mm. it was done in such a tasteful, <laughs> tasteful way. Yeah. It was just, it's so brilliant. So we've got the, the final girl circuits happening. Sam's running about the house. It was like, oh, we need something for for Gail and Sydney to do while all this is happening. Well, to me, this this was I I personally loved where they were kind of tag teaming Amber. You know where they like throw her across the oh, counter and thing. No, and I was like, yes, bit. more of this, more the of this bit with the hand sanitizer. But as soon maybe. as it kind of started, it yeah. finished, and then it, it devolved did. into it Amber so being rushed. whiny and and yeah. and I mean. It, when you think about it as well, like Sydney's journey in this film, other than when we see her pushing up Ram at the start, she's like in Woodsboro for a night and the whole thing is over. Like she's yeah. not there very long. She's there to comfort Gail and then f- they go to the house and then have the finale. And you kind of just like, I don't know that I think, yeah, that, that was the, the pacing was, was massively off. But I felt at this point, this was the perfect opportunity to completely pull the rug from under you again and have a third killer. And I thought the third I killer would third have killer been Stu. Yeah. yeah, as I a mastermind. I was expecting a third killer because I thought they've given, because I thought the thing that made the third act feel so rushed was, oh, they've given away who it is really quickly. Yeah. And it's also, there. I mean, there's one character we've not even mentioned, uh, Liv. Is there? Who's played oh, by the Sonya red, Ben. The Red Amar. Heron. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, she. Again, like, what was the point of her? The point of her was she, to get shot, to, to, be, was, to reveal the uh, killer. She was a, such a pointless character, and I feel bad for the actress, because I feel like she... I feel like there was moments in that where I was like, oh, she's got some chops to her. Um, yeah. But 
but that character was purely there just as like as a meat bag there was nothing there was nothing it was, it to was her dreadful. character at all it was and dreadful I mean, if you think about the original core cast of characters or the characters we've had in subsequent films they've all had something to them you believe they're like fully formed realized people even even sarah michelle geller in the second one yeah well was, we see we see that she does film studies she's yeah. responsible she's looking after her sisters yeah. there's like a whole whereas this thing. we just see um i'm horny i'm not horny yeah i'm dead yeah. <laughs> yeah it was it's just yeah it was absolutely dreadful and i, I mean yeah, like i said there was the opportunity there to make this film in my eyes i think it would have actually transformed it, it into a it great film saved it. It, Stu I think would it have really come in, or even if kirby would have appeared at this point and gave an assist to, to gail and sydney like yeah. i would have been like yes this is this is the sort I feel of like, we yeah, need. The, and, and i feel like I feel like the film was quite bloated. If it had trimmed it down a little bit and extended that, because there was to me there was too many, too much going on in a hospital. When mm. Sam gets attacked in the hospital and nothing comes of it, mm. that whole sequence could have gone for me. All the bits yeah. where we see Billy's flashbacks could, again could have been gone for me. If the reveal in the end would have been, oh Sam, I, how come they're coming after you and your sister? Because they they've gone after everyone else who's related to someone. But like, why you two? Yeah. Stu comes in. It's because she's Billy's daughter. Bang or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Been, and that, th- there would have maybe <laughs> been some motive there because it, he's still been like able to have a family, whereas Stu maybe hasn't. Or do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's there's a and bit I, more to yeah. it, and it, and it attempted to kind of give you this big kind of moment with the audience where Billy then kind of becomes the hero and oh nods at the and, knife and, on the floor in like an hallucination i mean i i didn't know hallucinations could tell you where things are that you don't know exist yeah. but they was like okay oh, that knife that that's was, gone it's down that, there that was the point where i was literally under i was like swearing under my breath and i was like i'm so <laughs> f-ing done with this film the one bit that kind of pulled me back in was amber's death was oh it was magnificent bloody fantastic when it was just gail and sydney teaming up doing what gail and sydney do and then hits her in the, when they hit her in the face with the hand sanitizer. I thought, oh, that's f-ing funny. Didn't yep. expect any anything else to come of that. But when she went up in flames, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I I laughed quite loudly yep. in that cinema. Yeah. Um, but no, I really enjoyed that. But then with with Randy Quaid's character, uh, I was just. Mm. I think yeah. I mean, it was it was. It felt like it was almost copy and pasting a line from Scream 4 where Sid says... You forgot the first rule of remakes, Jill. Don't f*** with the original. And then it was like, don't f*** with the daughter of a serial killer. And you're just like... I mean, it was kind of cool to see her let loose. And I think that was probably the best moment she had in the entire film. And... But I don't know, you know, whereas like Halloween 2018 had that whole bit where Karen suddenly becomes a badass. Oh it was my like it God. was trying to do that. I but still it just got shivers faint. when I think about that. I just watched that scene on repeat. Oh, it's it, incredible. Times. Yeah. It, it, it was obviously attempting to do something similar and it just didn't. And, and, it was, I, it was and I feel shame. like, and I feel like, like, because what, what I find really upsetting is the filmmakers behind this, like the minds behind this yes. created one of my favourite modern horror films and it's, it's ready or not isn't it yes With well it's, some- it's radio silence the directors you've got i'm gonna probably butcher this matt bentonelli olpin and tyler gillette, gillette! Gillet, 
but <laughs> but they they've done the likes of entries into VHS Southbound, yeah. which is a great anthology, and uh-huh. yeah, Ready or Not, which to me was oh. like a perfect blend of slasher, comedy, supernatural, weird. Oh my god, Samara I Weaving, just Samara Weaving is just like goddess. I, I, I love, love her. her so much. Now, is she defending this film in Sam's role? Yeah. I feel like, because uh, I feel like another, th- another thing. I think like, another actress could have. Another actress could have kind of like elevated this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. But then we, let's see. So yeah, we've got, we've got, we've got the final act and then the, the killers have been killed. We obviously have the bit where, oh wait, you have to shoot them in the head so they don't come back. But then Amber comes running through and then we get. <laughs> Looking um, like sloth from the Goonies. The makeup was so bad. Yeah. And then we get like Tara's here, by the way, and she's got a gun, bang, dead. And oh, I still, I did like her. Oh, I still prefer the Babadook decline. I thought, okay, like. Triggered. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's that's a funny line. Well done. It's yeah. come full circle with her. But the, the end bit. I was ex- I was really expecting. I was like, "This isn't over yet." It felt because, and it sounds yeah. stupid. Sam is talking to someone, and she's like, "I'll be right back." I'll be right back. Oh, oh that's one of the rules. You shouldn't say that. Yeah. And I thought when there's ambulance door closed, <laughs> I thought, "No, we're gonna it, something's gonna happen." Gonna happen. Yeah. No, and then no, just ends, and then we just get the end. And I hate the fact that it's ended almost saying, right, well, these are going to be the people taking over the franchise now. Because I don't see why there would be any reason in hell why Sydney would come back to Woodsboro again now. They're definitely, with the success of this film and how much money it's making, there's clearly going to be a Scream 6. Yeah. Six Cream or I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but they'll, because it's Hollywood and the only accolades they give to horror films is a sequel that's the only thing yeah. they'll get yeah. um and they they'll make another one and yeah there'll be no reason to have to me there'll be no no logical or plausible explanation to have sydney in there unless there's a direct threat to sydney's loved ones yeah which and if they do make enough one i kind of hope the i kind of hope the core cast don't come back because yeah I kind of know, I know what you mean. I mean, the thing is, is we've seen kind of diverging a little bit. We've seen that it can work with the, the, the TV show to an extent, because I didn't think that that was terrible the first season of the TV show. But then obviously that was kind of like a new beast. But do you know what I mean? Like there could still be like a scream story told without Sydney and it makes sense. And I don't see why there can't be a similar sort of situation like here. But then at the same time, I think, you know, if this hadn't have had the core cast in it, yeah, I'd have probably still gone and seen it because it was a Scream film, but yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have, I don't know, like, I think I, 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 it would have been even worse than what it is now. So where does this fit into your ranking? Oh, last, 100%. And same with me. So for days, like, days since seeing it, I've been like... I kind of want to pretend it doesn't exist. I've been, I've been like, okay, so for me, it's one two four three that's always been my yes, same ranking. same exactly and same five i was like oh does it go before three and i'm like no because if i watch screen three now i have so much fun watching it well, i have yeah. so much fun watching it and even at the time when it came out and it was not as well received as 
as it is, I still had fun watching it. Mm-hmm. I still had a lot of fun, and it still had the Wes Craven stamp on it. But, I mean, it, 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 it just had like, yeah, it had fun moments, and it still has like the quotable things. And I mean, Gail's bangs. It's like there's still yeah. things that we talk about in pop culture because of that film. Uh-huh. Oh no, I'm I'm just putting a pen in this now. I'm bored of talking about it. But for everyone at home, if you enjoy it, that that's fine. You know what I mean? I'm I'm really glad that this met or exceeded your expectations and I, I'm very jealous of you for that. And mm-hmm. when I say that I I didn't like the film, I appreciate that it was made. There are, as I said, I don't think it's the worst film in the world. There are bits where I, I think were fantastic. Yeah, we still like it. laughed at bits and we still had a yeah. good time. It was not scary at all, no. um, which was a problem, but yeah. But yeah, I like, I'm very happy for you all. I'm very jealous of you all for a start, but like, mm. I'm, I just want to point out, because the film is going to make it seem that way, I'm not one of those toxic fans. If you see the hype that I had going up to this film, like, I was basically one of those people from Scream 2 who were like... <laughs> yeah, in around. the theatre. In, in fact, in our showing, I actually... After Coffee Gate, um, I, had to, I looked at you and there was somebody in a ghost face outfit sans the mask. Yeah. And I had to point to you and be like, is she... Well, that's she it. We, we, both wore, we both wore, wore Scream shirts. We both, like, I mean, I, no, I said to I'm you when I met you. I'm just going to put a shout out on that. My Scream shirt was the fantastic uh, one from Binge Designs, who have done some of my favourite Scream merch. So Amazing. go and check out Binge Designs, please. They're incredible. Queer owned as well. So. Oh, even better. Even better. But yeah, like 100%, I was the same as you. Like, we'd spoken about it so much. We were sharing, like, theories with each other before we went yeah. to go see it. I, I said to you, I, I I didn't really sleep all that much the night before because I was, like, so hyped yeah, about seeing it. Yeah, I was so excited. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if that was to my detriment, but unfortunately, yeah, it just did not deliver um, and what we, I think and it, it needed and- to. And we went to see it in the perfect setting in a dark, spooky, foggy night. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. It couldn't have been better. The only thing that could have made it even more spookier is if one of us had been chased before we watched it. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so for anyone joining us after the spoiler chat, hi, welcome back. Spoilers are over for Scream 5. We won't Um, mention it again now. I would very much, if you want to message us on social media and let us know your own thoughts about the latest entry into the Scream franchise, please do. Um, If you've got any... You know, any theories as to what they might do with Scream 6, please let me know. I'd love to discuss it because, yeah, the, I'm not entirely finished, actually. I will go and see Scream 6 when it's made. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah. Like, we, we, <laughs> we, we've just said everything that we've said. We've been brave yet controversial in our opinions, but 100% will be there when the sequel oh, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, moving swiftly on, let's talk about the best entry into the Scream franchise, which is the original 1996 Wes Craven classic, Scream. Ah, when we talk about pinnacles and game-changing horror and, like, just just icons, this film, to me, is when I think of what I love about horror, this film has everything. It has... It's not afraid to reference. It's got a fun cast of characters. It's got great, great performances, great writing, great moments. It's got some really dumb moments which actually work. And 
Oh, God. So, mm-hmm. before I get into like my whole soliloquy about it, what's your history with Scream? Like, can you remember the first time you watched it? I think the first time I watched it, I'm sure it was like on... Um like channel four i think used to like they used to do like series as a film so like yeah one sunday evening there'd be scream and then the next sunday there'd be scream two and the next sunday it'd be scream yeah, yeah. three um and i think that's that's how I, I watched it when scream four came out that was when i was in college um so i was i, I know i was definitely aware of it by that point because i went to go see that but um yeah i think yeah i watched it on tv i can remember it was a film i'd heard about a lot like at school from friends like as a film they watched um at sleepovers and like yeah. everyone always used to talk about the garage door scene and everyone like used to talk about um I, I, and i mean if i'm being honest i'd probably say i don't know if i watched scary movie before i watched scream because <laughs> like the two obviously i know that Scream was initially supposed to be called Scary Movie, but the two were kind of synonymous to me because they did come out at a very similar time. They were obviously parodying, like, Scream, I, I would say, I would argue, is a parody of the horror genre anyway. Uh-huh. But then to get a parody of a parody in Scary oh. Movie, it's, it was a complete. Well, that, we won't have to f- do an episode on Scary Movie because I think that's what you the want to know that. <laughs> yeah, I will. And we'll talk about Brenda Meeks at length because what a. F- character <laughs> honestly it, the amount of times i i just spout off brenda meek's quotes in in yeah. my life is is probably fact, we were we were doing it in the cinema so. <laughs> uh-huh. for all y'all talkers up in here it's time to keep it down right now but yeah I, I, I suppose i kind of got into it maybe early teens like i was yeah. still too young to watch it but it was horror in a nutshell for me mm-hmm. uh, what about you what what how did so you like like most films we've talked about, I was introduced to Scream at quite a young age. Yeah. And a lot of it stems back to my nana working at a blockbuster. Um, <laughs> but um, with this one, it was, it, I remember it being one weekend and I must have been about about eight years old. Yeah. So me and my cousin Timmy were trying to choose uh, a film to watch at the weekend. Growing up, he was always the one who should be like, oh, you should watch this or you should read this like... Uh, and he was a big horror nerd as well. He was like, oh, we're going to rent Scream this weekend. And I was like, me as a kid, I was like, is it scary? <laughs> and he's like, no, no, it's really cool. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, God, we, <laughs> I didn't get very far into this film. The bit where Drew Barrymore looks up at the window and Ghostface turns around. Yeah. <laughs> myself a little bit (laughs) and ran out of the room and i was like but that was but but because it scared me that much like because we had it for because obviously with my nana working there we had the movies for quite a long time (laughs) we we weren't just a weekend thing we were like platinum card members of blockbuster (laughs) because she was a manager Um, amazing but no we had it it was sitting in uh my nan's flat for like two weeks and i remember i'd go up and i'd put it on and i'd try and get past that bit and i'd Mm. get a little bit further into it and then i'd have to turn it off because i was too scared it's it's so funny hearing you say how much it scared you because i can remember the first time i watched it with my mum and i 100 percent think she did exactly the same as you you know the bit when um drew barrymore or casey's looking back inside the house and then you Uh see the figure dart across yeah yeah 
she just pissed herself. She oh. fully just went, ah! and just, yeah, she was like, I need to. So I got, yeah. So, um, so yeah. And then I remember the bit that spurred me on to carry on was I got to the bit, got to the bit where you see Casey's body hanging from the tree. Yeah. And I was terrified, but I watched it through my fingers and I was like, I'm going to carry on. I've got past this bit. It can't get any scarier than this. Yeah. And I made it all the way through. And I was like, oh my God, that was good. And I, I was about eight years old and I was like, I remember watching it and thinking, I really like these people. Like, I really hope <laughs> they do another one. And then like, it had become a tradition then where me and my cousin would watch like the new Scream film. And then when Scream 4 came out, yeah. like he, he rang me and he was like, oh, Scream 4 is going to be in cinema next week. Do you want to go see it together? Aww. I was like, yeah. So then like, it became a thing. Unfortunately, we didn't see this one together because um, he's like married with too many kids now but um <laughs> but yeah um so that was and then because of that and because it is such like a, a referential horror film because it lists off a number of like films in it because i mean I, in the opening scene alone you've yeah. got halloween nightmare on elm street friday the 13th like literally uh-huh. all of the good I, franchises are mentioned so i i went and watched a load of them because of this because they were mentioned yeah. like i knew who Fre- it's so weird to think that as kids i knew who freddy krueger was but it was at the but point when freddy yeah. had become <laughs> freddy had just become a pop culture figure anyway I, i'm so, sure i actually dressed up as freddy jason and <laughs> ghostface for halloween yeah. before i even watched the before film you even watched the and then it was yeah. like such a shock to find out that i dressed up as like a kiddie murderer like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like but yeah i remember because of that I, I went and watched quite a lot after that and then i was like hooked into horror i remember and I, i'm trying not turn it into a gale weathers episode but i remember <laughs> being so in love with gail and it, i remember at one point my auntie pauline was like oh he's got a little crush on courtney cox and i was like nope no i don't know i like, would be courtney i cox. don't like her in that way she's just amazing but i remember telling her as well i was like no i like billy i've had very good taste from a young age and just knew that billy was one of the sexiest things i have ever seen in my life my god do you know that bit where he sucks the corn syrup good god do you know i thought we'd get further on talking about screen before you mentioned that but god i'm i'm actually gonna have to fun myself you're looking a bit flushed there liam he's he's so hot to be fair i'd argue that i think pretty much all of them are very hot they're they're all a very yeah yeah they're a great cast to look at i mean they even talk about it now don't they about how much fun like it was like a summer camp for them when they were making this film so Uh I, I just, love God, can you imagine hearing, being on the set? Yeah, I love hearing the cast talking about this film. Mm-hmm. And I love I love hearing about their stories with Wes and how yeah. fun and he was to make films with. I love, um, and I found this out thanks to Dead Meat, but I found out that um, like Randy's little soliloquy and his iconic, here are the rules for surviving a horror film, was his like third take. Because the first take, Wes was like, yep, done. And, and Jamie Jamie's, Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy, good darn, I couldn't think of his name then. <laughs> was, like, um, was like, no, no, I think I can give more. I think I can give more. And Wes was like, no, no. And he was like, no, I can give more. And then he did two more takes. And Wes was like, never let a direct 
never feel scared to ask a director to do more takes because that was it. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. That yeah. was the thing. And I just loved that he was like, you know what, I'm just going to give him a shot. And then, like, look what happens. Like, we got one of the... I was going to say one of the... I, there's not a scene in this that I don't like. I'm trying to face of a scene it's everything like is so iconic. I mean, it was one of the first films as well for me to to kind of notice that they say what if this was a scary movie or what if this yeah. was and like because you always like you always think that like even now like if i watch a zombie movie i'm like how has nobody watched a f- zombie movie before i know i know what you mean do. i know what you mean but i i think yeah the 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 thing with this the whole film you're in on the joke aren't you and yeah and for wes craven to obviously kind of spearhead this thing having created the iconic freddy krueger to uh-huh. done like last house on the left the hills of eyes like he, he was a master of horror already at this point Ugh, like he could have well yeah. and truly just hung up his hat and just gone no i'm done now and he'd have been fine it but i think yeah it took a special kind of someone like him to to make this film only, and it's just and, and, I, fe- and I feel perfect. like this harkens back i feel like only wes craven could have done this mm-hmm. and many people tried to do this and many mm-hmm. people because obviously this spawned the like there were so many copycats or people not i don't like to say copycats because I, I don't feel like anyone tried to copy this film they tried to make like a I think spiritual a close, successor a close comparison would be uh, obviously i know what you did last summer with kevin williamson also writing that and you can see the difference obviously you've got but to, yeah the to tape. me the one that works better as like the one that tried to cash in on that is uh the faculty the mm. faculty to me is not as iconic as scream but like it saw what scream did and thought let's kind of like change the genre up a bit yeah but i think that is like is incredible but it's not a faculty episode it's a scream episode, <laughs> scream episode but yeah i feel like the reason why this resonates with queer audiences especially is the fact is there are so many pop culture references which is new enough how we live our lives <laughs> absolutely but also um like it's so it's so charged with homoeroticism um yeah and yes it doesn't it, it doesn't specifically say that Stu and billy were getting it on if you can watch that film and not think anything was going in between them. I'm kind of like jealous of you because you must be on some other different level to or yeah. plane to me. But I love that and like it there were two even if they were two straight straight characters, they weren't afraid to be close with each other. And they weren't afraid to be intimate with each other. Like that bit where He's got his arms around his well, neck. They just, the yeah, they fully drape just... over each oh. other, don't they? It's, 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 and I mean, that was something, obviously, yeah, that was picked up on in a scary movie. Scary like, movie. And we're at home, don't they? Like, they are just <laughs> fully gay with each other. Um, but it's it's the characters. The characters have all these, like, layers. I mean, even um, Tatum, played by Rose McGowan, like, brilliant in this film. Oh. Like, she, some of the things, like, I noticed the last time I watched Scream, the way that she says, like, about Billy, like... He was destined to have a flaw. I knew he was too perfect. You kind of think, like... Like, that's not the thing you say when your best friend who goes yeah. out with him is right there. Yeah. <laughs> and so then you think, have they been sleeping together? It's like there's all these little... Mm-hmm. And I mean, again, obviously, it's written by a gay man. So it kind of had this... Yeah. Th- these it's, ideas it's, behind it, didn't it? It's the, it's chucky for me. It's chucky. Mm. It's got that, that gay person behind it. So, of course, it's going to be gold. And team yeah. up a gay man with Wes Craven and you've just... Oh, 
got something. And I think, yeah, you are right that the characters are the reason why we, because we, we as gay people, we love to see a strong female character. And yeah. this film has it in abundance. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And it's, it's time. I've got to. Gail <laughs> Weathers is in this film. <laughs> Gail Weathers, the most iconic final girl and gets overlooked when we're talking about final girls and scream queens gets mm-hmm. overlooked all the time because everybody does focus on sydney quite yeah. like I, and that's not a bad thing because sydney is an incredible character but gail to me is like the like everything i would want to be as a character was a female character who at the time didn't fit what female characters were written like no. wasn't wasn't afraid to get down and dirty wasn't afraid to be the quote-unquote bitch mm-hmm. like career-driven amb- powerful ambitious, career-driven, ambitious yeah powerful um headstrong and uh, sensible clever really f- and clever. absolutely hilarious and <laughs> my, and yeah hilarious the, the one thing that always sticks out to me with gail is the scene where it's between her and sydney and sydney's like do you still think he's innocent your testimony put him away it doesn't really matter what i think and has his story changed not one word cotton murdered my mother you're not so sure anymore are you just that scene it's such a small scene but it's like a standout scene but the thing is is yeah it's like it's so serious and then i'm sure she ends that scene doesn't she with jesus christ an innocent man on death row. A killer still on the loose. Kenny, tell me I'm dreaming. You want to go live? No, no, no. Not so fast. We don't have anything concrete. This is huge. You can't just sit on it. I know. That's why we need proof. If I'm right about this, I could save a man's life. Do you know what that could do for my book sales? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's I incredible. Just, she is incredible. And the outfits, the hair, the lime green. The power suits. Power suits. Power suits. <laughs> Which, oh, okay, going quickly, hearkening back to Scream, Five Cream quickly, the, red, cream. Pa- the red power suit she wears. She does have that. a red power suit. Phenomenal. But yeah, but we're going to talk about this lime green one just for a moment because, oh my God, it's so good. Her wardrobe, incredible. The leather jackets she wears at the end when she's <laughs> like, oh, and her hair in it. Like, people talk about, like, the Rachel cut. Not to reference Friends too much, because I don't like Friends. Is this bitch for real? Although, Monica is my favourite of the Friends, and it must be a Courtney Cox thing. It's a Courtney Cox Um, thing, 100%. (laughs) But But what an absolute difference. I mean, that just shows as well like what a great actress she is, because Mm -hmm. when you look at Monica, she is not a bitch at all. But when you look at Gail Weathers, she is the biggest bitch you'll ever meet. And she is a but they, d- and I but think you it's love a credit. Her. It's you a credit her. to Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson to, to 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 make this character could have easily have been a vapid, shallow bitch. But and she's big not fodder for like the kills as well. Yeah. Like I mean, I think that that was maybe why she stands out because and even obviously Dewey is the cop like these are characters that traditionally in horror films and slashes we're used to seeing get the chop uh-huh. like these sideline characters and for them to kind of form this kind of holy trinity almost with sydney and Mm -hmm. take out the killers it is it was what it was unheard of wasn't it and like gail has some of the best lines just the way she talks to kenny just makes me the the way she talks to kenny and i wish i was kenny (laughs) i wish i was kenny when when kenny's dead and she's like get the off my (laughs) oh god kenny i'm sorry but get off my with you 
<laughs> it's when she she could tell me to move my tub of lard ass any day and I would I would move Absolutely. 100%. In terms of final, we always think of the final girl as the one who's like invincible, clever, smart, knows what she's doing, has that vulnerable side to her. To me, that is Gail. And I mean, she also, goes on pretty a similar journey to Sydney in that first does. film. Yeah, like with and a lot I of really things. I really loved that they weren't afraid to say, "Oh, yeah, we are referencing all these horror films, but why not change the game a little? And why not have two yeah. two incredible women who are comp- like the, yeah, like full on agency, fully." They're against each other for obviously the majority, but then they realise how stupid that is in the grand scheme of things and ultimately work together to then just take down like this picture of toxic masculinity almost because I mean, Uh it is, it is that repression. It's that, that frustration, isn't it? That, that's led to them turning into the the killers that they are. And and Gail's motive throughout all all of it is yeah it is it is motivated by self-preservation but also if you think about it she's trying to prove that this man is innocent as well she's 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 decent isn't she really because she could have easily have turned around and created this huge smear campaign against carton and and easily have written a book that says this is how he's this is how he's guilty and what an evil person yeah so she cares about what actually is happening oh absolutely what an incredible incredible woman and Oh, I, I've decided I really want a Gail Weathers tattoo, and that's going to be my next tattoo. I think I you should go as Gail Weathers for Halloween next year, to be honest. I think that's your... I, I I, I'm, I'm happy to, to do, go as Kenny, if you want to boss me around for I'd a bit. love to do a night of a thousand Gales. <laughs> a night of... <laughs> literally, yeah. next season of RuPaul's Drag Race, that night yeah. of a thousand Gales, it's just power suit mm-hmm. after power suit. Yeah. But then, um, so, obviously, we've got the, the standout of Neve Campbell as Sydney Prescott, mm-hmm. who always, if you look at like rankings of iconic horror movie characters, always ranks high yeah. for a very good f-ing reason. Absolutely. Again, another incredible character who is so smart and clever and switched on. And he, like, I always feel like when you watch Scream and you watch that scene in the kitchen at the end, mm-hmm. you don't realize how actually, if you put yourself in Sydney's shoes in that in that scene, how f-ing scary that would be! Like, oh God, yeah, the, well, the, the revelation of, of everything. Yeah, everything she finds out. Her dad being like in peril. The fact yeah. that yeah, Billy, her boyfriend, who she's literally just lost her virginity to, killed her uh-huh. mother and has been doing this the whole time. Like, I mean. But the fact is, is that you see it in her performance. And I mean, that's a yeah. testament to her as an actress. Oh, my days. She's incredible. Then, but the strength that Sydney then has to think, mm-hmm. right, get it together. You need to survive. You need to get out of this. And then that, the whole, the final girl circuit in that film is fucking insane. The bit where, where she, she just completely 180s, flips the oh tables, my God, when she wears the ghost mask costume, calls yeah. them. Are you alone in the house? Bitch! You bitch! Where the f*** are you? Not so fast. We're gonna play a little game. It's called... Guess who just called the police and reported you? Sorry, mother ass! And then Stu's like, my parents are gonna be so mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) You hit me with a phone, dear! Uh, Yeah, I mean, the thing is, though, obviously... Um, I think this is fairly obviously well known now, but Drew Barrymore was, of course, supposed to be playing Sydney Prescott. And... I know, I know she 
in kind of more recent interviews and things she's opened up and like said that she did speak with Wes about changing to the character mm-hmm. of Casey and it being in the opening because she was obviously she was the the face she's the face of Scream oh, isn't yeah, she yeah, yeah. and I, I it was obviously very psycho of them to kill off this mm-hmm. character that all actress who we thought was going to be there till the end but I cannot for the life of me imagine anyone else but Nev Campbell playing Sydney Prescott no. but, and I don't but, think like, oh. it's like it's like Jamie Lee Curtis and and Laurie Strode. I mean, yeah. the interview that those two did together was it for, for was it for Vanity Fair like a couple mm. of years back? And they just literally sit down and <sighs> talk to each other about being basic. I mean, I'd argue uh, to me they're my two favourite final girls. Sydney and Laurie for me are like mm-hmm. and Gail obviously and Gail, like just yeah. up there are are on another echelon for me. There's something so magical about this film. Like it's such a strong cast. If you like Matthew Lillard's performance in this should should be ridiculous and should have ruined the movie if you think about it oh oh this is the greatest part you're gonna love this we got a surprise for you sydney yeah you're gonna love this one it's a scream baby hold on a sec i'll be right back his performance at the end when he just flips and he's just yeah. so over the top and you think this shouldn't work but it's it absolutely so hammy. works it's on so, hammy. so many levels and but it's also really believable mm-hmm. when he's like crying like my mum's gonna be so mad and you're like oh shit this is a teenage like, yeah, boy it, it, exactly yeah <laughs> 100% you then just saw the boy underneath the, the madness of it all. Yeah. I think because oh. um, obviously him and Ski Ulrich, uh, they do a lot of like I, I know more recently they've done a lot of like appearances together, and they. Oh uh, yeah, it's so I'm, I'm a sucker for like watching the um, like convention like interviews yeah. and stuff. And I know that um, Ski Ulrich said that when he was playing Billy, it was only like part way into it that he kind of went up to Wes Craven and was like, "Is this a comedy? Because like everyone around me is playing this like it's a comedy," uh-huh. and he was like very very serious. And I mean, you can see it; like it's almost like he's annoyed with uh, Matthew Lillard yeah. in some scenes because he is so serious but it works because it works so well because if he if he was playing it as a comedy as well and Matthew Lillard was like it yeah. would have been so ridiculous yeah. but because he's so intensely like psychotic mm-hmm. and then um, Stu is just out there crazy it, it, it just yeah it's, it's perfection like I wouldn't change a thing quite honestly uh, and he's so um, sorry to cheapen it but he's so f- sexy it's not even it's not even funny how sexy he is in this like yes he has greasy hair but i, I don't mind i could fix him like oh my to the salon so hot like but what what works as well is he's that kind of sexy where he's like he's got such like to look at him he's got such a like good boy and like beautiful angelic look about him but there's just something behind his eyes it's his eyes his eyes are so dark and like i don't know just scary that's kind of yeah i i I think that's i think he wasn't he cast because he supposedly looked like a young johnny depp like johnny depp yeah so Mm -hmm. it was kind of that callback to that and i mean that's again it's just genius isn't it on so many levels i'm not going to cheapen it by talking about how much of a crush i have on him (laughs) too much but um i do want to i i want to take a moment to just talk about the opening scene because we were just touching on it Mm -hmm. um good god that's like the best opening scene of a horror film yeah ever like it i don't think it will ever ever be topped it's so scary 
and it's so heartbreaking when you think like there are moments where you like i feel like it takes more than one watching of it yeah to really appreciate how fucking heartbreaking it is would you know when she's just so close to yeah parents but i mean that, that, again you... is this is this film i've probably seen this film like 20 plus times like over the years and uh-huh. it's a film that i still kind of will these characters to survive oh, more, especially in that yeah. open scene i'm like don't stop by the window just run nah. for your parents please yeah, yeah. run for have parents. you seen do you watch zach cherry on youtube uh, I can't say I do, sorry. Zach Cherry has, like, so many Scream videos because he's such a massive fan. Yeah. He's literally done an animation of exactly where Stu and Billy are in that opening kill. <sighs> it's impeccable. Absolutely. The amount of work and effort that's gone into that. And also, it has broken down each film in a franchise to point out which killer is, is who I at see, the time. I, I might have seen these videos, yeah, because I know that they kind of popped but up again where it was you, like, who's who? Yeah. If you watch just the Billy and Stu opening scene one, it's uh, it's a okay. work of art in itself. Yeah, but yeah. Um, it's just but- yeah, it's it's absolutely harrowing. And I mean, the the thing is, is again, it's it's performance. Like yeah. I think that that's the they're the sorts of scenes you know as as a filmmaker myself you know whenever I'm working with someone I point people in the direction of some scenes it's usually either like I don't know the opening of of um, scream or i don't know I, lo- I love the evil dead remake i think um uh, oh my god yeah mia in that is fun- fantastic phenomenal mm-hmm. and i mean that's i think that's what bothers me about how overlooked horror is because that performance is in my eyes it, it could easily win like yeah. an oscar because it is it's uh-huh. insane it's insanely good like um the only things it really gets like horror ever gets like a, a looking for is usually like the score or <laughs> elevated horror <laughs> the babadook <laughs> but like um if we look at like is it was it the new Candyman film um mm-hmm. oh yeah i think it's, that's been long listed hasn't it nominated for, for like long listed for its for its score only and i think like I'm not saying it should win like best picture because I don't think it's best picture, but there's like there's some moments in that like all the shadow puppet stuff, and yes, the score does deserve to be recognised. But like if you look at films like this, and then if you look at performances like Jamie Lee Curtis in the most recent Halloween, like in Halloween 2018, that's an that. If that wasn't a horror film, that'd be an Oscar-winning. Tony Collette in Hereditary. Jesus Christ. Tony Collette in Hereditary. Oh my days! That speech. I am your mother. Peter Nyong'o in Us. Like it's it's just. Peter Nyong'o in Us. The fact that she wasn't uh, awarded any sort of like just every single award there is available for that. Honestly, it it boils my blood. It boils my blood. The behind the scenes stuff for that when she's still in character. Oh, it's it's what a performance! It's insane, and I mean the thing uh-huh. is, is like I, I do think like these these actors go through so much to to bring something to the screen. If they do it properly and it is done properly, like you know that that they've had to go to a place that obviously no one hopefully ever has to go and experience these things. Like I mean, mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore didn't know how it would feel to be kind of like stalked and and all of that, no. but like made it feel so believable and pulled you in and for that to be the opening scene where you've got so Uh little character development but you're already gunning for this girl so much yeah 
is it's a testament to the writing, the performance, the like, direction, everything. I I always like when I'm watching it open and scene as well. I'm always thinking of the what ifs. Like, mm-hmm. what if she did answer correctly? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they still would have found a way to have been. I always wanted to take the popcorn off. <laughs> always, oh my always. God. Yeah. <laughs> and I also, always want her to not stop like for her boyfriend yeah. not stop by like when she sees her parents like coming out of the car yeah. like it just run bitch run that final shot of her swinging from the tree mm-hmm. oh and it's the fact the bit that always gets me is the fact is you can see the steam coming off her guts always just yeah. like it's just yeah details it's just details isn't it it's but, um, it is incredible but when, like for all the flaws that like if you if you think of it on, on paper a film that constantly references other horror films mm-hmm. and um has a cameo in it by the director dressed as his iconic character called fred like you think oh this is straight up a comedy film it's going to be stupid but every it, it hits the mark every single time and yeah. i can't i can't get bored of this film i could no. watch this film and then stick it on straight away and watch it again and i yeah. won't get bored it's like I you feel- almost notice like new bits and i, and I will say i don't yeah. know if because obviously i i watched it fairly young as well same as you i really really didn't see the comedy in it at all when i was younger because i think it did no, just scare did me I. so much mm-hmm. like i didn't get like what it was playing for but it, last year it was the 25th anniversary wasn't it of, of scream yeah. me and my other half we went to go and see it at like an old cinema here in nottingham and it was packed out uh, and i mean mm-hmm. this was like at a time when people were probably still very cautious of going to the cinema but it was packed and when i tell you the audience experience like the amount of laughter like dewey would get yeah and the like people were clapping and cheering when Wes appeared and it was just like oh. this film is so special to so many people and quite rightfully mm-hmm. so I mean it completely completely changed the genre we were in this stale stale period of endless sequels of oh, of like characters guess, yeah. we, we we did initially love but we'd grown to hate like everyone was it was a return to, to form yeah it was it was <laughs> definitely a return to form and I, I don't know when I think of horror it's hard for me not to think of that image of Ghostface and yeah. the knife, like the hunting knife, the robe. The and I mean again, like we talk about Michael Myers having like a great mask and Freddie having a great look, and for in the nineties for us to kind of get that. Um, and I mean the only thing I can think of like since that's maybe become an icon is like the puppet in Saw, like Billy, like mm, maybe, yeah. but it's still not to that like level. No. And I, I, I'm afraid we won't get it again. No, I, I feel like we'd be very hard to to get it again. It's taken me a while to get into Dead by Daylight. Really taken me a while because I, for a horror fan, am I a Nikki fan? <laughs> Pull up in the Sri Lanka. What? Yeah. Horror games to me do not get on. They scare me so much. And anyone who unfortunately ever has the unfortunate experience of watching me or being in a room while I'm playing a horror game just <laughs> would would hate every minute because I scream and I'm like I'm like Brenda. Oh, oh I'm scared. Oh. I'm screaming. <laughs> uh, but, um, like in because Ghostface is in Ghostface is in that and I yeah. it was the first character I bought for it because I was like I, this is my this is my slash I've got to be that person yeah 
Oh god, in that game is terrifying as well. <laughs> like I just don't. I think I can remember seeing the promo trailer for that. You know, when the um, they were obviously releasing the pack, um, and I'm sure it's like Ghostface, like at a hardware store buying like hunting knives and tape yeah. and stuff, and then he ends up killing the cashier. I, I thought it was yeah. It's uh, <laughs> but that, that's what I mean. It's like these characters then go on to have like a life of their own, don't they? And and yeah. it is kind of I, I do find it hilarious, and I suppose obviously that's where then the stab films come into play. In the Scream series is that Scream has become a part of the pop culture that it was so earnestly like referencing in that yeah. first film so it's it's kind of bizarre like and the whole thing is like it shouldn't work but it does no. and the fact that like I don't know the style of the film and everything like the, the, the teens always especially Tatum she looks like she's straight out of the 60s and I know that like yeah I don't know the 90s did Nips have like a big out. 60s resurgence oh. but I don't know she's just Never wearing a bra, which is hilarious. Tatum, I mean, yeah, Tatum's whole wardrobe, I'm so jealous of. Like <laughs> that little, that little cheeky nod to Nightmare on Elm Street, and with the crop top that she wears, yeah. and then just that green top she wears when her nips are fully like. <laughs> I love Tatum so much. Her, but I will say, her death scene is one of the most iconic <laughs> of any horror film. Absolutely. Uh, to be that small that you could fit through a cat flap, well, I this, mean... This is it. I'm sure, like they said, didn't they, when they were filming it, the problem was is that she was actually fitting through and mm-hmm. she was getting through, so they had to then make it look like she couldn't get through. But no, you look at her and <laughs> if you're watching that film, you're like, oh yeah, she's fully getting through there. Like, what's stopping <laughs> yeah. her now? <laughs> Absolutely. I, um, my favourite bit of costume in that isn't related to Gail in this is Sydney's little bedtime wear that she wears <laughs> at the beginning because when you first meet Sydney she's just wearing this little like so virginal they're like she is a virgin virginal <laughs> bedgown thing but I oh Sydney's transformation when she's like because she always she makes references to films a lot and she's like oh would you be happy with a PG-13 yeah that's after Billy that snuck in she's and, like, and yeah. said he's watched The Exorcist and, and thought of her <laughs> I know. If a man said that, then again, there's only one man. I was going to say, you wouldn't kick him out of bed, so don't. (laughs) But no, that line at the end where she's like, ah, I think it should be a good porno. And I'm like, oh, you nasty bitch. I love you so much. But she's been a dirty dog all this time. She goes on such an incredible journey in that. And I Mm. love it. And oh, there's like. It's, you said before the thing the thing that this film does really well is on subsequent rewatches of it you'll notice small bits like I never noticed that the clothes that the dad wears and the only scene that you see him in are exactly the same clothes he wears in the big reveal at the end when he's in the yeah. cupboard which shows that Stuart, uh, Billy was there that night to, ha- to like cover up the fact that Stu was downstairs kidnapping yeah probably kidnapping the like, dad you, you clever f- yeah, it's, it's, so it's insanely clever. clever. It's it's absolutely <sighs> ridiculous. Absolutely. And that's one thing that does upset me nowadays is like, because all the talk about elevated horror and all this, like, is it's clever in such a different way. Whereas this was clever in the things that the more times you rewatch it, you'll notice so much more and you'll. You'll, I feel like you appreciate it more the more you watch mm-hmm. it as well because as I said the first time I watched it 
I just watched it as a pure, oh God, this film's terrifying. For, for a film to be that thorough and for the people behind it to be that dedicated to, do you know what I mean? Like thinking of ev- absolutely every single decision so that, yeah, we as the fans, yeah, yeah. because we are going to scrutinise and like you said, uh, like find new things every time you watch it. There's so many like videos and articles and things about Easter eggs and things that you can find out, like, you know, uh-huh. upon subsequent viewings. But for that to be in the 90s, like, like where I don't know, like message boards weren't really much of a thing, and do you know what yeah. I mean? Like film fans couldn't get together that easily, but it still have that level of dedication. Is yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Um, and one thing I will say is obviously there's been a very important person we've not really mentioned at all for any of the the screen films, and I don't think it would be a screen film without them. And that's Roger L. Jackson, who is the voice. Mm. Oh, of, what a of, voice of Ghostface. Hello. Hello. Yes. Who is this? Quite a sexy um, voice as well. <laughs> like, it I, is a, quite a charismatic... It, it, it just sends shivers down your spine, though, doesn't it? Like, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as I hear it, like, on anything, you immediately know what it is. Oh, like, you just... Oh, you just that line. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. What did you say? I want to know who I'm talking to. Like that is, yeah. oh my God, that's horrible. The writing and, in I, that opening sequence is just, yeah. I, I, I can't. Like, I, I don't think I've ever had such admiration way, for a the film. The way he says Blondie yeah. oh, creeps me out so much. Yeah. Like, oh. And then, like, my, <laughs> the best thing now is like, because a lot of people do point out, like, oh, I survive scream because I never pick up the phone. Okay, stop being a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> would. You <laughs> yeah. would. Like, e- even though I'm, I don't answer to a private number, but like, like if I see a number I don't recognise, but hello, <laughs> hello. <laughs> no, I just, I just, I just hate all the naysayers who are like, oh, it, it wouldn't, it's not believable. And all I think those naysayers like, exist though because of the likes of Scream, because it did break down horror and its conventions, and it said, look, this is the formula, this is how you survive. So yeah. then, in many ways, it then created this this breed of fan who was like, yeah. I'd get out of there. I'd do that. You know, like before then, mm. I don't feel like there was much in the way of film theory and conversation on on those archetypes and those like expectations. Yeah. It just changed I the do, game. The the rules in that as well. Like for for a horror creator and somebody whose career has been like made in horror, for them to be able to pick out those tropes and make oh that that whole speech is incredible. I love that. Randy's monologue. When, Oh, it's so good. And the fact that Halloween is just playing while it's yeah. all happening, it's just, it just makes it even better. It, it was yeah. like, oh, God, I love it. Randy, as a character as well, is so lovable. You just can't not hate Randy. Yeah. Can't not hate, can't, can't not love Randy. You can't yes. hate Randy, basically. Yeah, if you hate yeah. Randy, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> You're part of that toxic fandom. Yeah. Oh, no. He's, he's just so incredible because he's like, he's the audience's guy. He's the horror fan. This. He is yeah. the horror fan, isn't he? He's the he's the person in the audience who gets the jokes, who, like, you know, everything that was set up. Because I don't know. It's like you can very easily, like, watch watch that film in, in like, a really passive way. Yeah. And, and just think, oh, it's just another horror film and not think it's that intelligent because you no. could watch it like that. Or you could be like, 
yeah, I recognise that this is is a nod to to this, and this is. Mm. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? It's but so he's that link. He's that person who's saying you are allowed to have a bit of a, a bit of fun with this, really. Yeah, and I really the part at the end where we've obviously had the big reveal. Pass for the big reveal of everything and we've got that that stunning like chase through the house and the kitchen scene and mm. Sydney being that but one of my favourite bits the gunshot at the end I don't know what it is it just completely freaks me out because when I remember in later rewatches of it I, I was thinking oh here comes that like because the, the bit that I never used to like was when she was like oh they always come back for one final scare Mm-hmm. Bang! And I always thought that was a bit too on the nose. Now that's one of my favourite parts. <laughs> yeah, it's it's what makes because it became such a staple then throughout the franchise. That really good. I'm really trying not to talk too much about like two, three, and four because I don't. Yeah, they all did, to me deserve their own episode because. Yeah, I mean this laid the groundwork, and then obviously it has. It's turned into an absolutely killer franchise, hasn't it? Now I yeah. mean, we, we've got five movies now. They struck gold. I think all the stars aligned with Scream in 96. I don't think we will ever get a film that is kind of like that and works in such a good way. The only thing I can kind of think as a bit of a comparison, which I enjoyed was Cabin in the Woods in the way that it was oh, that meta. Yeah. And that I, was taking a different subgenre and I being really that like Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's kind of like a spiritual successor to Scream. Yeah, um, definitely. Absolutely. I, I, oh, I, do, I do love that film and I can see where it was like really... It was really, it feels like it's very inspired, but it's not, not inspired in the way that all those Scream, all the films that were made, like, subsequent to Scream coming out, that, like, were Urban obviously, legend, like, very inspired. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Urban Legend. I, oh, I do, I will say, I, I do enjoy love it. Urban Legend. <laughs> Rebecca Gayhart and that is, oh, phenomenal. Yeah. I really like it. Oh, I'm going to watch Urban Legend tonight. Um... <laughs> Yeah, but like, but then when Cabin in the Woods came out, because I remember, I remember I went to see that because it was before I knew all the shit with Joss Whedon because I yeah, used to be yeah, a huge same. Joss Whedon fan. Like, yeah. like one day we'll have an episode that just talks about Buffy the Vampire Slayer because that is my yeah. favorite TV show of all Literally time. Literally started rewatching it again. Yeah, like this is probably just, the oh, just tenth you, time. Just, it's it's <laughs> everything again. It works because it's very much like Scream that it. Yeah. It's very aware. I think as well, though, the the thing, the big thing about all of these, like the way that we're talking about them now, it's the nostalgia of it all, isn't it? And I mean, yeah, I know a lot of people obviously talk about the 80s being like the golden age of horror and the slashes and, and the golden age for a lot of things, music, the lot. But mm-hmm. the 90s did offer us some great things as well. And I mean, it obviously, did. that was for me and you where we grew up. Like that mm-hmm. was that was where we were getting our pop culture like references and where we everything started. Um, so yeah, I don't think they'll ever top Scream. Can't get over how much I love this film. Oh yeah, beautiful. But um, I, I'm gonna come back around. I'm gonna circle all the way back around to to Gail. Um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like like. This is one of the films where I, I've been expecting a remake of it for a while. Not a requel. Yeah. Not like, yeah, I was expecting a remake of Scream at some point. I know we kind of got it with the TV show, but I was expecting a full-on remake. Yeah. And in my head, I was like, well, there's only one person who could play Gail Weathers in that. 
and that would be Kelly Rowland, obviously. Freddy! Um, <laughs> she's not afraid to have a go at the killer. And let's talk about the butter knives. What is with the butter knives? If she'd have called <laughs> Billy and Stuart, <laughs> she, she wouldn't have been wrong in her assumption with that. Um, so yeah, I definitely. And then it's we've got like. The Wes Craven of it all Friday! by casting Kelly Rowland as the new Gail Weathers. I feel yeah. like, yeah, it, screen, Six Cream needs Kelly Six Rowland cream. in there, but as her, like to make it really like on the nose, to bring her character back from Freddy versus Jason, yeah. have her in there, or they could just be watching that that scene over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Well, she could play Kelly Rowland watching <gasps> her sit, like Jennifer Tilly and Chucky. Yes. That's oh, if you're yeah, going to go better with it, do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my days. Yeah, because Scream. I'm sorry to bring. Yeah, Scream Four. Just thinking of it now. Oh, sorry, the word f- it reminded me that there were, were a queer podcast. I gay. Um, <laughs> Scream Four introduced a new rule saying that the only way to survive a horror film is to be gay. Mm-hmm. Please show me a horror film where that happens to be the rule because we're normally the ones who get bumped off or with a killer yeah um, I was going to say it was usually yeah the, the monstrous queer presence wasn't it yeah. or yeah you were killed for just sinning. like in the first screen film where Billy and Stu are the monstrous queer presence and oh, so, I, I, I know exactly what it is it's Stu fancies Billy Billy knows that and is playing on it yeah but isn't into Stu at all. And a lot of queer people will resonate with that because we've all, we've all had that one person, like that one friend who we're really into, but yep. you know that they're straight or they'll just never be into us. <laughs> just unavailable, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I f- my heart, <laughs> even though he's a psychopath, my heart kind of bleeds for Stu. It really does. Uh, it's, it, it's kind of, it is Matthew Lillard's performance. Just like, just yeah. when he becomes a complete child. I just, oh, I love it so much. <laughs> just when he's on that, that phone. Oh. Yeah. Scream. I think that comes to a nice, to All a nice end. screamed there. out. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, um, I wanted to jump into the recommendations and we, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about one first, which surprise, surprise is a book. Um, <laughs> then I really want to get into one that we've both decided needs to be. Yeah, definitely. The recommendation of the month. Yeah. So yeah, um, I've so far, I, I was going to say I'm on four books this month already. One of them I've just started. Um, and apparently it's very much like scream that it references a lot of, horror films is called my heart is a chainsaw but that's not my recommendation unless it's really good okay so i I have another recommendation i don't want to talk about too much um because uh people might hear more about it um at some other point well i was going to say i think this might be a nice time to introduce that um we're going to be starting on the super freak media socials particularly i think it's going to be instagram more than anything uh the super freak media book club or the super freak book club uh as we've called Mm -hmm. it uh which is going to be run by you the other liam um so we're going to be posting kind of like reviews, reasons for recommendations on um, horror or horror adjacent like books. They're not necessarily all going to be like um, queer based, but no, like no. there will They're all be, be horror. <laughs> they all are all going to fall yeah in the kind of the the remit of horror in general. So if you like like listening to this bit of the podcast and where we kind of talk about 
uh, well Liam talks about books that he's read mm. then um, you can probably find that you'll get some more recommendations as well coming your way uh, starting yeah, in February so, but uh, more details um, coming soon yeah so they by the time this has been oh no it wouldn't I'm getting it I've completely forgot what month we're in yeah okay so this month's recommendation by me the book is a book called Pretty Savage by T.A. Kunz use your mouth um, it has the most incredible cover which no one people like don't judge a book by its cover uh, judge it's this book by its cover yeah judge this book by its cover because it's so sick I don't know if you can see but look at oh, that wow. like, yeah for the viewers at and home it's it's very neon uh, go google yeah. it it's very nice it's, yeah it's it's incredible it's so good i i was reading uh something about like oh you need to read these uh queer horror novels and i was like oh okay and i saw this one and i was like oh this nice cover and the person on tiktok who was describing it said it's like scream with a big queer cast and i was like <laughs> yes <laughs> yes thank you <laughs> thank you and um it's it's not quite there it's great don't get me wrong it's great it, but it's 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 no scream but it's, it's no still scream. got that premise of it's a slasher um that follows these teenage teenagers it there's a big party scene uh, so, so it kind of follows the formula it does have a great queer cast um it's just really fun like it's not you don't have to think too much about this book to like yeah. to to enjoy it it'd make a great film or tv show as well um the or the like the end of it gets a little bit convoluted but i feel like it could be tidied up quite nicely uh the you can really tell that the author of it is just a huge horror fan like yeah. there are some great like chase sequences that happen in this and there's some great like like moments and do you know i've never like read sorry a horror book that's like been like a slasher and you know had mm. like those those sequences in so i, I mean I, I don't know how it'd read like i don't know how oh, i feel reading really it, but... yeah it's really fun like and there are some bits that like kind of lost me but because it it references a lot of like gen z things and i'm just yeah. like oh, okay yeah that, that, yeah but like <laughs> the the killer wears a uh a neon mask in this and the way that they describe it sounds so sick like oh i'd love to see it so yeah that's pretty savage <laughs> by t.a kunz so what's your do you have one other than the one that we'll both talk about um no to be fair that i kind of pen that down as going to be like the thing that i'd i'd, I'd kind of uh I'd, I'd talk about the the only other thing that i possibly say which i know again we've both kind of appreciated i've been like listening to today is uh, the weekend's new album i'm really oh, enjoying yes. Gorgeous. Um, so i am um, again i kind of i find his his kind of work always lends itself well to kind of horror his music videos usually have a bit of a yeah. horrific element to them and i know the visuals we've got so far for um this album have been quite there's Quite creepy. one there's one track on that album it's called take my breath mm. oh my god it's it's so sick like it's i really love that disco is being like a huge influence on modern music at the moment and we're yeah. getting some absolutely incredible disco inspired songs and albums at the moment and and this album is one of those uh we've always loved um what the weekends put out like yeah um, a lot of 80s inspired music which again is one of the best just phenomenal music. Yeah. yeah but yeah and he's yeah, very so again, other than that I've been man. listening to listening to him but then we both kind of stumbled I mean I wasn't 
you messaged me and I wasn't going to mention it until we, we won the podcast, but of course it's been a bit longer. But we've both been really, really into a Showtime series called Yellow Jackets. Yes. Which I think quite honestly has taken the world by storm. Like, I mean, I'm yes. seeing it like everywhere. Oh my God. It's, it's how you do a TV show. Um, Absolutely phenomenal. Like I, yeah. I if I didn't if I hadn't have seen the trailer before I read the description like the trailer itself I remember it was when it was around Christmas time we were watching me and Reese were watching something and a trailer came up for this and I was like oh well that looks incredible yeah and Christina Rich is in it so I watched that but then I like saw the rest of the cast and I was like Holy it's just shit. It's so many talented what people involved and in this like, in this show. Every um, like the finale aired last night uh, yeah. in the US. It's not aired in the UK. Technically, it doesn't air in the UK till Thursday. But you know, I could not wait until Thursday yeah. to, to watch it. What a show! That is how you do modern. <laughs> that's how you do modern horror. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's it. Is this the thing? Is is the the show itself? I don't think is necessarily. I don't know. Pushed as a horror series. Mm. It's horrific in in many ways it's not like it isn't a straight up slasher the reason we've also mentioned it as well is there is a tenuous link to um the actress who's who's one of the stars of yellow jackets uh, jasmine savoy brown she's also plays oh Mindy my god Meeks incredible in, in, in five cream in uh, scream five yeah she stands out in both of them she's phenomenal she really and does you've got I mean, ultimately, the story revolves. This isn't giving anything away because I don't want to spoil this for you because you no, should watch it. You need to but watch the, this. The premise is is that there's a young high school football team who are going to like a national competition, uh, and this is set in the '90s, so it's it's got that really really nice like nostalgia flair to it. Um, when we're in With these an, kind of an incredible soundtrack as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Essentially, that they're, they're on a plane to to go to this this competition, and the plane crashes, and then you follow the these girls surviving in the wilderness but then you also get to see these girls who've survived the ordeal when they're like now women and where they are mm-hmm. in their lives and uh, i don't know the way that this obviously life-changing thing has completely changed who they are as people yeah um but the whole i think the whole series you're kind of trying to guess who's still alive who who hasn't made uh-huh. it what's happened you it's you don't know if there is something kind of supernatural or weird going on yeah. or whether or not it's kind of there, there's so many threads that are like and so many questions that are set mm-hmm. up throughout this thing and and the, it just keeps you guessing it's yeah. brilliant the cast is mm-hmm. there's not a weak cast member in this no, they're all not as all. good as each other and the thing is is i feel oh, like i could look at each of them and know mm-hmm. something about them i'd care about them like yeah. like i don't know obviously this isn't a spoiler but things do happen to some of these these characters and mm-hmm. it is it's horrible to see and it's horrific but the reason it is horrific is because you have come to love these characters and you want yeah. them so badly to survive the finale aired last night the series does end on a cliffhanger we luckily though it has been confirmed that there is a second series coming yeah thank god i think there needs I to be there's the so many questions to be one of the greatest shows that's mm-hmm. been around and um I'm trying not to get my hopes up too much because I've been burned in the past by a show having a great first series, but I feel mm. like there's not been a bit of dead air at all no. in this in this first series that, that the second series can't can only get much better. And I, I read an interview earlier with the show showrunners, and 
they were talking about like oh a lot of the a lot of the older characters have been like when we first thought about the show four years ago, we dreamcast it. And yeah. we were like, oh, if we could have anyone playing these characters. And, like, and we got these people to play these characters. Yeah. And they were like, and there's somebody in season two and we've had like a dreamcast for them. And I need to know who it is. Do you know yeah. who I need in this show? I need like, I need SMG in it. I need Sarah Michelle Gellar in here. I Do you know, if that, if that happened... I would, I, I'd, I'd lose, I'd lose my but shit like, completely. Like, but the the thing that gets me as well is the the coherence between the two performances. Because I mean, the thing is, is the casting is so so good that you forget that these girls aren't the younger versions of the the women that we're watching. Like it is that yeah good. It is that good. It's it's insane. The writing is great. Every character is great. Like mm-hmm. it's just. Oh. And I just need to take. Uh, I need to take a moment. Christina Ritchie and this. And well, this the, is the thing: is my mum didn't even recognise it was her no. because the transformation is unreal. And like, she's so um, good. The girl who plays younger her, like, oh, just Misty. Misty, yeah. Misty is a character. Just a, actually, I can't say that she's like the standout because they're all just as good as each other. Like, mm. oh, and Juliette Lewis's performance in this as well. She is. Oh my days! Incredible, insane. Just the whole cast. Anything the whole she's cast in. is so talented. Yeah. Like I just can't get over that they managed to secure so much talent in this, and for everyone to be just as good as each other. I will say that one of my favourite uh, performances is by Tawny Cypress. Mm-hmm. Like so much nuance, and gets to play a queer character as well, which is just even better. Like, yes, this yeah. this show has everything. It has it queer characters. Does. It literally does. It really, female, really does. A really sexy man. Uh, well, two sexy men, actually. There's there's one in the modern day, and then there's the coach. The coach <laughs> is really hot. Coach is... Oh. Yeah, I'm, oh, uh, God, I'm happy with the coach. <laughs> oh, that man could do unspeakable things. Anyway, everybody... <laughs> <laughs> Go out. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I uh, highly recommend watching Yellow Jackets. If you're yeah. in the UK, uh, it's on Now TV slash Sky. Just watch it. Get a free trial or something and just watch it in one day. It's definitely going to be, like like you said, it's going to be one of those shows that I think becomes like an event show. Now, I did tease earlier a feature-length real-life horror story this month. I'm and excited when I say, for this. I've been, I've been looking forward to this length, since you uh, told me that you, you'd got a long one. <laughs> And then you told yeah. me about the story. <laughs> it's and the best thing about it is I'm not going to give anything away. Just when you think you've reached like you know the the end of this story, it just keeps giving keeps more. Go- and I just okay. want to. The thing is, as well, what gets me as well before you start is the fact that I think I said this before. Every every episode, you somehow seem to find a way to shock me. And I know it's not you directly; it's the <laughs> viewers who are submitting their stories to us, but. It, I don't know. If the, I don't know how it just keeps escalating. But I just want to say because th- this person has happily said, you know what? Give me the shout out. Um, so a massive shout out to Michael, uh, Michael Jim Notter on Twitter. Um, an incredible person. Uh, I love you. I love you the whole timeline. It brings me so much joy. But this <sighs> this one story is absolutely incredible. I really want to read what the title of this story is, but it just gives it away. And okay, not, maybe give us yeah. the title at the end. Give us the title at the end. But thank you, Michael, for this. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit back and I'm gonna relax and enjoy this one. So take it away. <laughs> Hello. 
If I didn't have witnesses, nobody would believe this has genuinely happened. And none of what I'm about to tell you is a lie. It's that extravagant. <laughs> the night began like the majority of my university nights. I was laying on a settee downstairs watching friends on that big screen TV, minding my own business. As Steph, one of my best friends who lived at the other end of the 14-person house. Our house was a care home converted into student accommodation. I'm still certain that place was haunted. If you haven't already noticed, I can go off on a tangent very easily. Apologies. <laughs> Steph came downstairs with a certain look on her face, one that I had seen too many times, one that I knew all too well. The same look Regina George gives to Katie Heron when she tells her to get in the car because they're going shopping. Except this time, it was put Sean Paul on, we're going out. <laughs> I don't take too much persuading to get drunk, so I got up off the settee and ran upstairs to my bedroom to quickly shower and get changed. Steph did the same, she was the quickest girl in the world when it came to getting ready, so we were both showered and ready to go out very fast, and in town within an hour of her asking me to accompany her to get brat arsed. The events of this night were not all that memorable, if I'm honest. It's what happened at the end of the night in the infamous Blackpool nightclub Flamingos, or Mingos as it's known to the locals. I don't really remember what happened to Steph that night, and I'm not all that certain she does either. I was on my own in Mingo's smoking area, which is downstairs and around the side of the club. There was a guy there who smiled at me, just to interject back in those days when a boy smiled at me. My mind said, offer him a blowjob, which many times I did. <laughs> I went over and asked for a lighter, and probably a cigarette too. We got talking when the bouncer rudely asked everyone to make a move because the bar was closing. So I looked at him and offered my place because it was closer, and to my surprise, he said yes. Remember the opening scene in Titanic when Rose is walking up the ramp onto the ship, and old Rose, who's doing the voiceover, says, On the inside, I was screaming. Well, exactly that. <laughs> Off we went, and it was hardly a stone's throw away to my house from town, literally a five-minute walk. But during that time, one of my friends, Kerry, who was on the musical theatre course, didn't live far away, rang me. I'm locked out, can I stay at yours? Great. I had to pause for thought. Yes, of course you can, but I've brought someone back, so you'll have to sleep on the settee. She was fine with that compromise, although I hadn't specified which settee. I had a settee in my room, which she tucked herself up on. I covered her over with a blanket and thought, f*** it, she knows what she's got herself into. Just this moment, realise that I do not know this bloke's name, so let's call him Steve. <laughs> so Steve and I got down to business, and we had a great time, and there was orgasms galore. And off to sleep I went. How wrong was I? After what felt like mere second sleep time, I was wakened by a still drunk staff pushing me, screaming with laughter, did you pull last night? Well, guys, yes, I had, so I was expecting nothing short of a standing ovation, and a pause at least. But what came out of her mouth, I thought was a joke at first. He shat on the landing. Well, I joined, I joined Steph in the fit of drunken laughter. This was one of the funniest moments of my whole life. The rest of the sober household who were needing to go to work did not find it all that amusing. We were alone on that one. Jane, who lived in one of the rooms opposite the landing, covered in excrement, had said, he tried to get into my room and he was completely naked and started to piss all over the floor. Well, I didn't really know what to say, and I'm ashamed to say at the time, too drunk to care. There was a f***ing turd on the floor. We have more important things to worry about, Jane. Pipe down. <laughs> Upon further inspection, he had indeed shat all over the landing, but wait, it gets worse. 
It was torn apart and thrown to different parts of the very long London. The ground was also soggy, which made us realise poor Jane was right. He had indeed evacuated his bladder on the carpet. We woke Carrie up and she found it just as hilarious. So we looked around my room and there was a bundle on my floor next to my bed were his jeans and his shirt and his underwear. He was nowhere in the 14-person house to be seen. None of my clothes were missing. He was walking around Blackpool naked. So Steph and I were trying to come to terms with what had happened because, just to reiterate, a man shat on my landing. (laughs) So we went back into my room, which was a safe poo-free zone, if you will. Steph then noticed that Steve's phone and keys were on my bedside table. I took this as initiative to go through the wallet to find his name and also pocket the £40. He shat on my landing. He owed me. Out of nowhere, the phone started to ring and I went to answer. Steph grabbed it and answered, giving the caller seven shades of shit down the phone. Pun absolutely intended. (laughs) I took the phone off and asked the bloke on the other end who he was. He said, as if this had happened before. As if this had put me at ease. Has he shot on other people's landings? I no longer felt as special. He had confirmed that he was with Steve and he needed to come and collect his belongings, so we organised to meet at the front door of my house in 20 minutes or so. By this time, we had all gathered in my bedroom, eagerly waiting his arrival. Me and my drunken state decided I needed to be sassy and a bit rude. After all, he did shit all over my carpets. (laughs) A car pulled up. This was it. I took Jane with me for moral support. (laughs) We went with his possessions in hand. This middle-aged gentleman, who is was his dad, got out of the car to greet myself and Jane. As I handed over his belongings, I turned sassy and a touch cocky with my words. And who are you? And there was a pause. Just when you think the story can't get any worse, and it already is, I'm his husband. My first thought was, wow, what an age gap. Not what I should have thought, which are feelings of regret and shame. I just stared at him, mouth open. I'm so sorry you never mentioned a partner of any kind. He then said, it's okay, it's not the first time. (gasps) Excuse me? What? Not the first time? Has he cheated on you before or shat on other strangers' carpets? There's not enough clarity here. I didn't think I had the audacity to talk because just mere hours ago, I'd put my in his husband's so I just kept my mouth shut and handed over his belongings. I apologise again and left it at that, mortified. Just as I was turning my back, he asked me to send him my bank details so he could send me money to clean the carpet. Well, I wasn't going to decline, so away the text went with my sort code and account number. By this time, the sober members of the house, bar Jane, had left to go to work, leaving myself, Steph, Kerry and Jane with the mess upstairs. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. Myself and Kerry stuck tampons up her nose to stop the foul stench entering her nostrils and got to work. Who needs a professional carpet cleaner when there are drunk students to deal with the mess? All this time, Steph was sat on the stairs, still crying with laughter in intervals. She then reminded me about the money I was offered. So I checked my online banking app to find that my balance was £150. Does this now mean I'm a prostitute? <laughs> well, I say well-deserved. Not forgetting the money I took out of his pocket earlier that morning, Steph had told me to give it to Jane since he tried to get into her bedroom and I suppose she deserved it. Never told her about the transfer of funds to my account, so if you're reading this, Jane, sorry. I had a healthy bank balance for the first time in a long time, so I got myself ready, went to town to get some lunch and a few bits. I worked in the local Build-A-Bear workshop, so while I was in town, I popped in to educate my workmates on last night's events. But wait! There's more! 
So a few weeks have passed since the most dramatic and elaborate event of my entire existence, and I had work. Now, one part of the job at Build-A-Bear was to stand in front of the shop and usher people in to try and get passers-by to come into the shop. I loved doing it. There I was at the front of the shop doing my thing, and opposite the shop was an EE phone store. And who was there? A staff member at EE? Steve. <laughs> well, I just stood in shock, shouted for my manager and whispered to her, it's him. That's the poo man. You noticed we're all looking and I never saw him at work again. Maybe the poor bloke changed jobs out of embarrassment. I wouldn't know. Well then, guys, there you have it. I wouldn't expect anything to top this post ever again, as this was the best of the best. I just couldn't wait to share it with you. Till next time, see ya. Oh, that was such a lovely story. <laughs> what a story. Shat on his landing. There you have it, folks. And he worked at EA. <laughs> and he worked at EA. <laughs> wow. Ah, oh, but I re- thank you so much, Michael, because that that story really brought me so much joy. I hope I did it justice. Oh, it's absolutely <laughs> incredible. I loved every single second of it. Thank you so much. Uh there has been more sent in, and I will save those for future episodes. But if you please, please do not stop messaging me these stories. <laughs> Liam loves them, so please has, keep sending them has to Liam. Any stories, um, and they don't have to necessarily look. This one didn't happen on Grinder, so they could happen anywhere. They could happen to any single one of you. So please, <laughs> <laughs> please send them in. I love them. I love reading them so much. Ah. Just, oh, I, I love being gay. I just love being gay. It's incredible. <laughs> gay rights. <laughs> For goodness sake. But well, uh, that about brings us to a wrap on this month's episode. This has been a long, long episode. And I it am very sorry to, to everyone because it has been a long one, but it's been a good one. It's been a, it's been a scream, baby. Hey. There we go. There we go. But um, no, it's, it's always a joy to get together and hear it is. some... <laughs> Hear about people <laughs> shitting on Londons. Yeah. So thank you for that. Fantastic. Uh, well, yeah. next month uh, is a very special month. Uh, it is uh, LGBT plus history month, as well as women in horror month. So on that note, next month, we will be doing an episode a bit out of our usual norm. Uh, we won't be discussing any film in particular. Uh, mm-hmm. Next month, we will be discussing... Dream Queens. We'll be discussing all the fantabulous and amazing women in horror. I've already started to think of a million and one things that I want to say about quite a lot of them. So I'm really <laughs> excited. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be good. It'll be a good episode. It'll be, um, I mean, yeah, we, we, we love women in horror anyway. So it'll mm. be nice to, to get together and talk about that. Um, but yeah, thank you so much to everyone for, for listening um, to this episode. We'd love, like we said, to know what you think of the new Scream film. And if you obviously agree with our thoughts on the original Scream and how much we love it. Until next month, I'll let you sign us out because I seem to just <laughs> F it up every single bloody well, I always change the wording of it. You, so you just do, I have be, noticed that. I'm it's like, just going to be, I don't mind, it's just going to be a variation each month. But yeah, until <laughs> next time, remember that closets were not made for people. They were made for... Monsters and babysitter and killers. Thank you. We there did. we go, we did it, teamwork. <laughs> Yay. Goodbye now. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.
to a podcast on the Super Free Media Podcast Network. To show your support, be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And you can find us on social media in the links in the description of this episode. Thank you for listening.